Okay, welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 128. 128 days we've been doing this. Is it 128? 128 days we've been doing this. Yeah. Travelling through the stratosphere, through life, particles, ever-exceeding motion. No, it's 129. 129, episode 120. I knew it was 129 days since we've been doing this. Anyway, as we travel through the Crit Apocalypse, everyone else has died. You have to come to us for some sort of opinion on what's happening in the world. It turned out it was coronavirus that did it. Coronavirus, which If I you start hearing about have. that... You start hearing about that, start yeah. panicking. Yes, yeah, because it's probably pretty bad by the time you start hearing about it. Anyway, and welcome. How you doing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. No, no, more than just a hmm. Uh, mm. No, that's about yeah. sums it up. Yeah, about sums it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, have you done anything that you don't want to review but you want to talk about this week? No. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, uh, I found out, I, I learned about cinema this week. Uh-huh. So you kindly tweeted me um, a page that someone had had lambasted the Charlie's Angels remake. Or Well, it's not really a remake, it's a sequel, because I have seen it. It's not a sequel, it's its own... It's a sequel. It's, they talk about the original Charlie's, like Cameron Diaz, and they talk about the ones before that as well, really? from the 70s. Yeah. Oh, uh, they have like pictures of all the previous angels, and it turns out that... Um, angels go on to do other stuff, and they reference. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it because it's actually not a bad film. Uh, but, but, and you kindly shared a, a topic that I hadn't, I hadn't thought about because you know, I, I don't, I'm not a deep thinker. I believe that you know, women should be treated equally, and everyone should have the ability to live their lives not being hampered by cunts or religion. Mm. I'm just, I'm one of those crazy people that I think that life can be better than it is for everyone. But you, yeah, just so you know. It's difficult living an elevated life, being woke, as they say. I always like the term woke. I think that that's in itself it's derogatory towards the people that use it, because to be woke, to be awake, to be aware, <laughs> as opposed to be asleep. <laughs> they say that we're the sheeple, but they're the ones who are literally saying they're asleep and unaware. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? That that's life now. It's like um, incel, like the most yeah. perfect cell phone. Yeah, you could possibly label yourself as. I know, I know, it's madness. Anyway, but I didn't know, I didn't know that feminism was killing cinema. I wasn't aware of this because I'm a normal human being who happens to be able to have sex with women and function in the real world without mm. seeing anger and killing things. Mm. Well, yeah, women blow up dolls. My hand, the holes in the toilet wall, the holes in the toilet wall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wall looks like a fucking sieve at this point. Mm. <laughs> You've been wondering why I've been practicing handstands mm, as because cubicles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and anyway, sorry. So feminism's killing cinema. It's, it's it, and you know what? I've I've worked it out. I've worked out what we need to do. Mm. They're angry because feminism's killing Charlie's Angels, so we need to take Charlie's Angels back to where it began. That's right. All male team of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> what do you think about that? Who would be on your team? Because we know who these guys like. Mike Cernovich. That guy. <laughs> that's that's the kind of team that they're looking at, isn't it? I'll go... I'll j- uh, who's, who's, Mike Cernovich uh, is only like five foot tall. Who's who, tiny. Well, that's fine. That's fine. He could be He could be the short one. He could be yeah. the Drew Barrymore. The short one's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> well, Ben Shapiro, yeah. And who's the... Jordan Peterson? <laughs> I think Kermit. He, <laughs> Jordan Peterson can be on the team. Yeah, he could be well. He's the one who's strung out now, isn't he? He was on drugs. He was addicted to benzos, so he's now strung out. So he could be the one with a dark past. 
<laughs> ben Shapiro, we call him the kid, even though he's 40 odd. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> He's it's like, best not to mention him though because they're twats and <laughs> they're fucking idiots <laughs> can you imagine those three formulating any sort of plan where they have to save an international incident they get in the door and one of them goes you know in my time women wouldn't have the right you know to uh, they wouldn't get anywhere well, no, they, they, they get, argue with they, each other because that's what those types do they get with their false credentials they get the first thing Mike Cernovich does is he attempts to rape a woman and then <laughs> then does community service in the background Ben Shapiro tells everyone how he's Jewish, but he believes that Christ is the right way to go. And Jordan Peterson punches a woman in the face and says, "That's why I don't respect you." And they all get shot immediately. And the world's a better place for it. Mm. Anyway, and this week, <laughs> got a point. I have a point. I think people are idiots. Okay. I think everyone's an idiot on the internet, especially. There was that guy who was ranting about how Parasite shouldn't have won an Oscar and Joker should have won an Oscar, mm. even though Joker is trying to tell the message that Parasite so clearly tells in a much better way. <laughs> But he doesn't understand that because he can't read subtitles. Mm. Also, I like the fact that... He they, um, took that video down for a few minutes and then realised how much attention he was yeah. getting. And then and, he's really leaned into it. Yeah. Yeah, just like... Uh, who was that? Who was that other cunt? Uh, the one with the Nazi dog. Oh, Count Danky. Yeah, the guy who was like literally just a shit little fucking... He was like one of those little prank cunts, wasn't he? Like He was like, oh, look, I've put a, I've put a strawberry pie on a window sill. Who's going to eat it? <laughs> and then he was just like, I'm a full-on Nazi now, because that's what made him money. Yeah. Um, you got to pivot your business. you got to pivot your business. It doesn't matter if you sell yourself so short and, and so broken that you become the next... Um, they think they're so great. They haven't got Marky Mark commenting on their who was Who was the guy like who... I have. Gavin McInnes. That was the guy who... Gavin McKinnon. Devin McKinnon, yeah. He was the guy who started out as a comedian, failed as a comedian. They all fail as comedians. Yeah. They're all failed comedians. Exactly. Every single one of them. And then he pivots. Kellyanne Conway used to be a comedian. He was a failed comedian. 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 He pivots, becomes becomes a right-wing pundit, and then becomes the head of a terrorist organisation, and then becomes a failed right-wing pundit. And then can't get work because he was a racist. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, so feminism's killing films, and also... You know, we don't need equality in movies anymore because if a foreign film can win best foreign film, they made why film does it need to get best picture? No, they made some films with women in it, so that's enough. That's enough. Oh, you got you can, women can be wives. Women don't watch films, even at the largest audience between. The I think members, that I think it's the same thing with gamers. You know, like when GamerGate came around, and we realised, oh fuck, a lot of the people in our community are fucking. I realised that years ago. People oh, were just. I didn't. Up. I didn't realise. I was just catching up at that point, as you say. Hmm. Um, but then, like, they don't look at the statistics for people actually playing games, and it's like 60% are women. <laughs> like, a large percentage are your gran. Yeah. Playing fucking yeah. Farmville Candy or some Crush. shit. Candy but, like, it doesn't matter Is what Farmville game still you're... around? Yeah, I think so. God. It doesn't matter what game you play, because if you're playing games, you are a gamer. And, like, mm. people seem to think, oh, casual versus hardcore. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. Even the hardcore games like Call of Duty give you a login bonus daily. You are a cash. Like, that's all it is. Unless you're, like, fucking... Unless you're really playing Dark Souls and you're playing offline and you're not telling people about it, you're a casual gamer, I'm afraid. That's life now. It's fucking Dark Souls. Play Demon Souls. Like a real man. Go offline Dark Souls. They suck anyway, all those games do. I fucking love Dark Souls. You you got a point. You're going to review something. Yeah, I got a point. The world sucks. And incels are cunts. And gamers are mostly cunts. Isn't it your review first? Sexists are mostly cunts. And racists are mostly cunts. The world's full of cunts. And I don't know what the fuck to do about it. Do something about it. That's why I started the coronavirus. (laughs) I put it in the beer. The Peroni, watched, that's how the... Yeah, you get them. I watched Contagion the other day, and I couldn't remember how the disease started. Have you mm. seen Contagion? I watched the start of Outbreak the other day. It's hilarious. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, they're but, shooting the guns and the monkey's yeah. like, ah! Yeah. Ah! At the beginning, like, contagion, like, loads of people die off. Oh, and the end, dies. <laughs> yeah. At the end, it tells you how it happened. And there's just a bat and there's, like, a bunch of people, like, fucking up some trees and this bat goes, oh, shit, I've got to go. And as it's flying off, it drops a bit of banana in a pig pen. Mm. Pig eats the banana and then the guy killing the pig, he shakes hands with Gwyneth Paltrow before she cheats on her husband with the other bloke. She gets home, she's like, I love you, Matt Damon. <laughs> dies. <laughs> His stepson dies, and he's like, oh, she fucked that guy. Did he die? He did. Good. Good. Great. And then Matt Damon's like, immune. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm first this week, so I'll review. We review stuff and things. We always review shit. Everybody who's... Well, is that what we do on here? Everybody's listening to this point probably knows. nine minutes. Yeah. If you're... Nonsensical rambling. Look, right, I had to ask some questions, some important deep dive questions. If any of our listeners are incels or, or cunts, then let us know. Um, oh, I almost vomited a little bit there. And I've been sick. Good. Do you know what I'm sick of? You deserve it. I'm sick of this whole damn system. So, you know what mm-hmm. game I've been playing? You know what game I've been playing, Ant? I'm playing Sector 7. What? <laughs> All right. Sex Seven's a game where you start off as a um, a spark of electricity, like a like a, a conscious spark of electricity. Um, you start on a TV, and that TV you are like a shadowy image of a person trying to escape this box. And from there you escape, and you have to you have to travel down phone lines and power lines, and you go through apartments. What's the game called? Sector Seven. Okay. Seventh Sector. Sector Seven. Can't Seven remember. You, you're never remembering what you've been playing. I'm, I'm real bad with words right now. If anyone doesn't know, I might actually genuinely have coronavirus. Seventh Sector. Um, seventh Sector, yeah. You play like yeah. this... This. So I always have to check. I just so do I. <laughs> My mind is melting. I always have to check after your reviews to make sure you said the name right. Seventh Sector. So you play this... This. Um, as I said, you're a, you're a conscious piece of electricity travelling through these... And you have to solve puzzles to make it into different areas. Mm. And as you go through different apartments and through lifts and things, you see small glimpses of life all over the place. There are people in the background having a conversation. In one very morbid instance, you turn on a light, a UV light, and it reveals that in the background someone has killed themselves. Uh, there's a number. Shocking. And as you travel through this world, you get hints that it's almost like um, machines and robots and the ghost within the machine, which is kind of you... Um, you realise that machines are sort of used to keep people in line, so not everyone's like as cues. free. Yeah, so not everyone's as free, free as 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 maybe they'd like or maybe they strive to be. Get a montage of them like going, "No, don't you try and jump the queue, Alton Towers, mate." <laughs> Nemesis ride one one time. One time you get one guy, and then you go. You, Actually, you I, go once on. one time I went on the Nemesis and there was no one in the queue, so they went, "Do you want to go around again?" I'm like, yeah. And I went around the Nemesis like three, four times before someone joined the queue. I went no way out like three or four times. Yeah. I hated it. I was like, maybe <laughs> I just didn't. Maybe I just didn't enjoy. That's the one that was replaced Black Hole, wasn't it? Yeah, the one yeah. that went backwards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sure. And the one that goes up, loop, yeah, up, yeah. down. Yeah. yeah, it's not Black Hole. Black Hole was a big indoors thing. It was in. This it is was indoors. Cool. It's in the in the pyramid shaped thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I haven't been to I haven't been to Fort Park. I'm thinking so of the Thunderloop, but not Fort Park. Fuck Fort Park. Was it Chesington? No, fuck Chesington too. Alton Towers is the one you go to. Which one was Alton Towers? Flambards. Was Flambards? Flambards is in Devon. Look, all I know is uh, is Asterix World. Alton <laughs> Towers is the one in friggin' Midlands, man. Oh, okay, no, this was Fort Park in Alton. This is Fort Park. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Alton, not far away. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Seventh Sector, and you play this, and you see these images and these things going on in the background. And you take control of, so you start off this little spark, and you're going through a system, and you have to like sort of circumnavigate different wires, and you can hop by pressing A, you can hop, and then you can sort of push yourself into machines and do things like input codes or or see messages from, and you're sort of you're receiving messages and communications from somewhere that's trying to help you escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the game goes on, you take over different machines. At one point, you take over the control for a, for a small remote control car, and then you take over this small ball, and then you take over a slightly larger security robot, and then by the end, you're taking bigger machines. Do funniest? Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, the game is the game is really really quiet. Um, the ambient noise is incredible, and you need to listen because there are puzzles that instinct like there are puzzles that turn your volume up. Well, yeah, that's the point. Or play with headphones. If you, if you play on a Switch like me, I played with headphones. It was great. Um, and like the whole game, the whole narrative, there's sort of this weird, um, uh, did you play Inside? No. For the people that made Limbo? No, I've got it. I've, have I got it? You probably got, got it on, got it. you probably got it on uh, Humble Bundle. Got it on Humble Bundle. Yeah. yeah, probably at some point. Um, like I never pay half those games. There's only one game in this month's bundle I want to play. It's Akami HD. And it's like on Game Pass, I think it's going to be now. Yeah, it's going to come out on a Game Pass uh. soon, isn't it? Uh, okay, well, it's it's sort of got that same effect. You focus on everything that's in the foreground, and there's there's push perspective, so it's all blurry in the background. Mm. So you're, you're literally focused on what you're doing. And then when you need to, the camera draws out and then widens the focus, and you can see further back. It's it's got that same effect. There are like there are nice little puzzles that harken back to like. Do you games. turn into a big meatball at the end? No, there are oh, games. No, that's, that's the, inside. That's <laughs> the best part of inside. Or you can turn to a zombie if mm. you do the right thing. Mm. Uh, spoilers for inside. Um, one of the one of the really nice things is there is a, there's a part where you switch over to a camera, uh, not to a camera, sorry, to a security terminal. And it changes your perspective to a security terminal. You can basically switch between. You can change between which camera you're looking at. You can change how you're how you're zooming in and out, how far you're zooming in and out, and then you can also change the the contrast because there are screens that are lit up, and obviously the contrast is very high at that point. If you change the contrast and you balance it right, you can see the image on the screens, and it gives you the number to the door that's over the other side of the thing. Stuff like that, just really smart, nice little ideas, but they 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 don't need to push you towards that conclusion. I haven't had to look at a guide or work out how to do something. It all sort of just comes to you if you're paying attention to what's going on in the scene. Oh, I feel like a clever boy. I feel like a good old clever boy. Mm. I feel good old clever boy. Yeah, I was uh, like that on The Witness, and then eventually I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm looking at the answers. I was like that on the Turing test until like the last half. Got really annoyed with that. Yeah. Some of those games are too smart for their own good. Yeah, yeah. Look, I finished Braid 100% once, so I should be able to finish any of these well games. Done. But The Witness is like... Holy crap, that's difficult. What was the game that I completed that was like the one gaming achievement I've done? Oh, I'm Ninja Gaiden Black. Really? Yeah, I've done the super hard mode where you only mm-hmm. die, you don't die once. Yeah. I've done that. And I've also done, on Resident Evil, the HD collection and the original, I can do unlock everything in one run. That's cheating. No, you just basically, you have to complete it within a certain time. I think it's two and a half mm-hmm. hours on the HD one. You, if you do it in two and a half hours, you can unlock everything all in one. It's really good. Uh, oh, you, you have to play it way too much <laughs> like I did because I fucking love Resident Evil I think it's my favourite game series and that's really bad because I've even liked some of the crap ones your favourite was Gun Survival wasn't it <laughs> I played that a lot you know when I bought that again the other day I spent half an hour playing that with a controller in one hand and the gun in the other like so it's a fucking well, idiot well for the, the gun the controls for knock, knocking behind wall what? One of the controller you press X to hide behind the walls or something no 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 one of the controls you use to move left right forward and back uh, and you hold down L1 to bring up the gun so that you can fire my with gun has the a D-pad gun con. Well, no, you you can't use the D-pad on the controller. It doesn't work. Doesn't it? You need to have a controller plugged in as well. 
Do you? Yeah. Hmm. It's a dog shit game, man. I had it. <laughs> yeah, we've got it downstairs. I bought it again. Yeah, but I had it when it came out. Oh, really? Yeah, and right. I'm sure my controller had my gun had a controller on it, and you control. Oh, yeah, no, gun. you can try, but it doesn't work. You have to have a controller separate because you need L1. Yeah, the gun had buttons all over it. Did it have an L1? Yeah, it was like some frigging... I don't know what gun it was, but it had a, you could control it all entire with a gun. Jesus. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, I've always done it deep. I think it was like you held it and there was buttons on the side. Oh, maybe. I maybe there remember. was something like that. But there was a gun survivor gun, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm sure there was, but I always thought that it was like the weird Beretta one. Anyway, mm. that's besides the point. Seventh Sector. It's a really good game. If you're a fan of Inside, this is the kind of thing that I think can fill the gap before the next game by that studio. I can't remember which studio it was. Who did Limbo? Oh, Play Dead? Play Dead. Yeah, was it? that was it. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, all in all, really, really good. Um, really, really clever. And it looks really nice on the Switch. I'm sure it looked better on one of the other consoles. And I think you'd probably be able to appreciate... It was Play Dead. I did a good yeah. guess. You'd probably be able to appreciate some of the um, some of the scenes that are set up. Because I think they are they are made to be, to be like... Like inside, like like Limbo, they're made to be like almost like works of art. Mm. So traveling through them on the Switch, it doesn't give you the full image. I've seen some of the videos of people playing it on like Xbox and PS4. You get like a slightly wider view, so it might be better on one of those consoles. But I've been really enjoying it on the Switch. Yeah, mm. I give it a Matthew Modine. Ooh. Yeah, comes with a, comes with a bit of a classy classy air to it. But then you remember Flowers for Algernon. There's some little bits that that aren't. They aren't great. Flowers for Algernon or Adaptation? Adaptation? The Nicolas Cage <sighs> film? Yeah, it's about the Charlie Kaufman trying to adapt the book Flowers for Algernon. Is it really? Yeah, but he can't adapt it because the book's dog shit yeah. and he can't make a film out of it. Actually, the book's good, but it doesn't work as a film. Yeah. So he ends up adapting the story of how he was trying to adapt the film, the book Adaptation. Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 No, it's coming back to me slowly but surely. I've watched that film multiple times. What, Flowers fun. for Algernon? No, adaptation. I've seen, I've seen Flowers for Algernon at least 15, 16 times a month. It used to be on Sky Movies all the fucking time. Freaking, hey, made a rat super smart. Now we're going to make humans super smart. And he gets too smart. And it's Lawnmower Man. Hey, Charlie, what happened to you? I stopped taking the pills. Why'd you stop taking the pills? I wasn't happy like that. Oh. And Charlie are you playing, happy now? And he was playing chess. And he was speaking Chinese. And yeah. he's just going, what's your dad? So you've been speaking complete nonsense. Hmm. Um, yeah, I still... In the book, he kills himself, doesn't he? I can't remember. In the in the film, he just stops taking the pills and goes back to being stupid. But then they treat him nice. Yeah. Could he not just take half a pill? That's how um, the next film started, which was Of Mice and Men. Yeah. It was a sequel. I thought you were going to say Lawnmower Man 2. Yeah, Lawnmower Man 2. <laughs> Lawn Mow Harder. <laughs> Mow Harder. Mow Harder. And then the third one was Mow Money, Mow Bleeps. <laughs> then the fourth one was his like. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love that Lawnmower Man 2 was a special feature on the first Lawnmower Man DVD. Really? Yeah, that when they released the special edition of Lawnmower Man on DVD, the 15th anniversary edition, or 20th, whenever it was, might have been 20th. Yeah. The bonus features, one of them was Lawnmower Man 2. I mean, you can't say And it was on the same, it was on like a separate disc, and it was just blatantly the disc they had left over from whenever they <laughs> released Lawnmower 2. Bought them. It's not a good. Melt them down, boys. First one's a classic. The first one is like the first one's interesting. I was so excited to watch that film when it came out. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was a massive deal. Everyone was like, "Well, we'll see computer generated graphics and stuff." And is it also partly because Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, well. that's he before was, his Bond, though. That was before his Bond. But he was uh, he was thingy still, wasn't he? Nineteen ninety four, ninety five. He was um, thingy still, was it? Remington Steel. Remington Steel. Yeah. yeah. I know my Pierce Brosnan. Well, I I don't because I was too young. I know for my Remington Jeff Fahey. Still. 
Jeff Faye, the Beatles. Mm. <laughs> uh, bloody lost. Anyway, uh, your review. Fuck you. Um, so weeks ago, I forgot to review something. Probably in one of the episodes, where I was complaining about not knowing what to review. What was it that you forgot to review? Carmen uh, Rider Geo. What is that? It was la- the late last series of Carmen Rider. It finished in August last okay. year, okay. but I only just got around to finishing it off. Um, but Carmen Rider Geo is the final Heisei era Carmen Rider show. Yeah, um, it's the twentieth anniversary of that era as well because they started in two thousand. Neatly wrapping up to 2020. It gives them really good anniversary dates, that, doesn't Bring it? Bring it back around. If you can launch a show on a zero year. Yeah. Good anniversary date. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of got a similar thing to Decade, where Carmen Rider Decade was the 10th anniversary, and he was travelling to different dimensions and taking on past riders and taking their ability to turn into them. And was using sort of stuff. it to power himself up. But and then Gio, Gio is, like, similar to that, but instead it gets really convoluted. But in essence... Through the means of time travel, not dimension hopping, time travel, completely different. Yeah, of course. Um, he meets the actual riders, not alternate versions of the riders, the actual ones from the series. Yeah. If they agree to come back for an episode or two. Which they did. many of them don't. Oh. Um, and he basically gets the power to have an armour of them. But here's the way the plot comes in. Zio, um, the main character, is also the main villain of the series. <gasps> So in the future, he has gained all the powers of the rider and become like a lord who's dominated Japan and wiped out life all over the world. Yeah. And two characters called Tsukiyomi and Gates have travelled back in time to stop him ever becoming Gio. But when they meet him, he's just like a regular school kid. And they're like, this guy can't possibly be Gio. Yeah. Like, he's got this whole dream that one day he's going to be a king. and But he has this innate ability to you know, make things right and understand people on a different level and he, like, genuinely cares about everyone and all this sort of stuff. So it's all, like, building towards this whole balance of them deciding whether or not they should kill him to stop him becoming... Basically, should you kill baby Hitler? But he seems really nice and they can't do it. And then eventually they come to the conclusion of, like, what if we make him good and we work with him to make him good? And all this sort of stuff. And the, that's kind of the arc through the series, is that you're constantly wondering if he's going to turn. And every now and again, you might think he's doing something that's a bit controversial and maybe he's going to go to a dark path. But he's actually doing something else, working it around and all this. Um, yeah. There's a character in it called Woz, who basically, in the future, is sort of like... Uh, I don't know what you call them. They're like the people who, when a king appears, they announce them and they're all like... Super priest to announce what the king's achieved and all this sort of stuff. And he's travelled back in time as well. And every time Gio gets a new power up, he like announces it as a massive deal. And it's like a thing he lives for. Yeah. Fucking loves it. Carries around a book that's like the chronicle of history that he can like read through and Is this a bad version, yeah? Nah, he's good. But but okay. Gio, you don't Gio, the evil one, only turns up like three times in the series. Oh, okay. And he's only ever in the future. Yeah. So he never travels back in time himself. For fear of Meeting his past self, or well, maybe he never met him in the past, so he knows not to travel back in time. Oh, maybe um, he remembers all the times when he turns up in the future when they meet him. But um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on because it actually ends up tying into Decade, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, because every now and again, Decade turns up, the original that rider, and he seems to be doing something. And sometimes he seems to be working with the Time Jackers, who are the villains who are intending to find a new king, which you know they want to find their own king of their own yeah. to take the place of Geo. Because they want to destroy that future as well. And there's other stuff. There's all sorts of plot twisty stuff. 
But um, those goddamn time jackers. They're time jackers. They can freeze time. Jesus. Um, one of them's called Ur, which isn't really a name. <laughs> Although I think it means up. Oh, okay. In Japanese, Ur is up. I'm pretty sure. Um, Miggy is left. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, in um, yeah, in Parasite, in Parasite, yeah, Miggy mm. is left. That's why he calls yeah. his left hand Miggy. Yeah. They changed it to lefty in the comic. In the, no, in the, yeah. in the adaptation comic, they changed it to righty, didn't they? Because the comics are flipped. Oh, yeah. Cause <laughs> flipped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, actually, was that Shonen that did that comic? Shonen Jump, <laughs> yeah. It's Parasite. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, freaking Geo, like, it's wobbly as heck. Like, the time travel stuff makes next to no sense at the start. And they seem to be constantly going out of their way to try and make it make sense. Because the way it works is, like, a time jacker travels back in time... And puts like a watch thing, like a ride watch. You know, I've got that watch over there, the yeah. thing, the little, it makes a noise. Yeah. Um, they put that into some person to save their life. They're like, they catch someone just they're about to get hit by a car or something. And they're like, okay, take this power and you'll become a monster, but you'll live and all this sort of stuff. And they give them the power of a Carmen rider and it makes like a monster version of a previous rider. And Geo has to travel back in time and get the power of that rider from the original rider so he can defeat the monster. Yeah. Um, except the riders, because that power's now in this other person, the rider doesn't remember ever being the rider and their history's been erased. So they have to find the person who was the rider because he'll have the ride watch on him that they need to take off him. So he can become the common rider power up and beat the monster and then that'll set things right. But then that rider's history has apparently now been resolved even though they never became the rider because he's got the... It's very messed up. And, it, and after I was going to say, this doesn't sound like... The easiest to grasp straight away. About ten episodes, they drop it and forget all about it and just sort of like vaguely go, yeah, we just need the rider's power, whatever. We'll have some convoluted stuff going on, whatever, big plot twist. They just sort of ditch it. And then they come up with reasons why they don't need it and they just gradually realise maybe we've written ourselves into a hole and sort this out. (laughs) It's a bit messy. But there's loads of parts where like individual arcs work really well and like, you know, you get stuff where... Gates finally decides he's going to work with Gio because the whole time he's the one who's really against working with him. Um, you know, eventually he that whole arc comes together well, and the stuff with decades quite cool because it's like ties his decade series never really felt like it finished properly. Like the show ends at the very moment the show starts, like you starts off with a vision of the future, and decade ended right where that vision of the future started, and there was like a movie that was the finale. Yeah, so they expected people to go to the cinema and watch this movie. <laughs> And even that wasn't very satisfying as a conclusion to the whole thing, although it was quite cool. But the, that series was short, so they've sort of done this little sort of appended confu- conclusion where he actually becomes a proper hero, which he never really does in the original show. Yeah. It's kind of, he's like the darkest of the riders, probably. He's not black, don't say it. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they tie, that all ties together. So the series ends up becoming like a sequel series to Decade in a lot of ways. Like one of the main villains, the actual real main villain of the series, because you know, time plot travel. twists. Yeah, um, he's after decades power, so he can summon all the riders, and he makes himself into another decade. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, it was. It's a fun series. It's just messy in a lot of ways, but it is trying its hardest to like make a toy out of everything, so you can have all these different rider armors for your cat figures and stuff like that, and all those ride watches to collect of all the riders. So they're trying to find ways of working that into it they've got the time travel thing going on because it's the end of an era so you're going to do some time travel stuff to go to the previous riders and all this sort of thing because a lot of them don't have their powers at the end of the series so you might have to travel back and get them yeah it's trying to convolutedly tie everything up together it then borrows plot elements from decade and build and 
the last series, the series before this build ends with it's a good thing to destroy these two alternate dimensions and create a new world where the villains don't exist. This one, the plot revolves around there's 20 worlds and they're going to clash into each other and everything will be destroyed if it does. <laughs> so this is like, this is essentially Crisis on Infinite Earth. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. but I mean, when it comes to, why are they going to crash together? What is the... Because if there's no rider on the world, there has to be a Kamen rider in every world, apparently. And it's referring to the different timelines as their own worlds. Oh, okay. And if so there's he no, can, he when can... he's taken the power, there's no rider saying. on that world. And by the time he's got all 20, they're basically those worlds are going to merge together and destroy. So why can't he just go and give the, the, the rider, the rider powers, the watchers to each of the people that are him on each of those planets? Who knows? No, he's not on the other planets. It's like a weird dimension theory thing. It doesn't make. So no, when no it comes to like... Super Sentai and Parrot and Kamen Rider, Riders only exist in the same world when it's required for the adventure. Okay. They've sort of got their own worlds. Yeah. It's It doesn't make any sense, okay? It's it, they, it's just so they can get toys into kids' hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. That's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> and what matters is you've got 20, loads of car and riders back so they can sell the old toys again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what matters. I get it. No, I get it. No, yeah. I get it. Kind of. Yeah. But it's a nice ending to the whole high side era in some set because it does go through and it does it does a better job of like... For the fans of closing things, putting off. little little end caps on each different series, even though some of them don't feel quite right. Yeah, because um, Decade didn't really do that with the previous series. It was all, like all the characters, the actors were different, and the stories were a little different, and all this sort of thing. It was like alternate reality versions. This one actually is the same teams. Yeah. Um, there's a really fun movie at the end of it that I really enjoyed called Overquarter, which is like an alternate ending for the series. It's almost like End of Evangelion. Where the show's got its own ending. Yeah. But then they've done a different... There's a film that comes up. It doesn't really have a proper slot where it fits in. But it's towards the end, definitely. Because it's after he's got all the rider belt, ride watches. But it's like a different version of the ending. Where there's different time jackers. And there's one who come in and apparently he takes Sogi Tengo's power, Soji's powers. Yeah. And he's really the future evil Omazeo. And it's like all this sort of stuff. They have a big coronation. They introduced the new Carmen Rider, yeah. which is actually kind of clever how they did that. Because apparently, when they were filming it, they can't new Carmen Riders called Carmen Rider Zero One, the ones yeah. currently on. When they were filming it, they had someone wearing a um, Android Kikaida Zero One costume, and loads of people, all the extras, <coughs> went off and told everyone there, Kikaida's in this film. Zero One Kikaida Zero One's in this film. Yeah. He's like an old 60s, 70s oh, right, hero. Right, right. Yeah. And they're like, Kikaida Zero One's in this film. So they go tell everyone this. That's, not, these... like, that's not like Z- Cyborg 009 or whatever it was. No, it? that was done by the creator of Kamen Rider. Oh, okay. So they went off and all the websites started reporting that this that freaking yeah. Android Kikaida's in it because they had them all shouting Zero One, Zero One. <laughs> yeah. And then when the film comes out, they just digitally removed him and put Kamen Rider Zero One in his place. Uh, okay. So they pulled a fast one on those Even people though, trying they, to leak the stories. Maybe they couldn't get the rights? No, because no, it's their next rider. Yeah. But they weren't going to have Kikai Zero One. They, okay. That was the whole thing. They get them there. So there's like, this is why you're chanting for Zero One. Yeah. Like, That's clever, strange. silly way to basically fuck with the people who are going to leak the information on the internet. I find, I find <laughs> these sorts of things so fascinating. Mm. Like, I find Super Sentai fascinating anyway because there's so much lineage and stuff and Carmen Ryan is the same again. Mm. Um, it must be so hard to follow this shit. <laughs> I watch them in random orders. It's yeah, I know, I know. That's I can't imagine that it's, it's yeah. any easier that way. The other thing that was really cool in that film as well was um, there was a show in the nineties called Carmen No Rider, yeah, which was a parody of Carmen Rider, and Toei got it shut down 
like the company was just like you can't do this you no stop yeah. it um the guy who plays him turns up in the film and he has a little monologue about how some people don't get selected to be Carmen riders um and during the final sequence it brings up all the obscure Carmen riders right the way down to having the manga comic version of Carmen rider kuga jump out the comic book page yeah. and he's like an animated hero running around beating the shit out <laughs> of and i'm just like this is like this is the finale for the city and they just got fuck it it's like, essentially that is essentially it sounds like it's just Roger Rabbit it's got it's like it's like imagine if the crisis and infinite earths crossover event they did had animated Batman turn up or something yeah. like they almost did they well, had Kevin Conroy, did, did they? Kevin Conroy yeah. but like actual animated in the show yeah um, but um, yeah it's the show itself you know, it's like it's got I think it's got more ups and downs I think when it works it works really well um, when it doesn't it sort of it doesn't really find its feet yeah it's just a bit it's the the thing that brings it down is the convolutedness of all of stuff they should have just kept it simple with the time travel I always like I, I regret that the, the 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 format didn't evolve more with time like they embraced CGI and stuff like that almost immediately but they haven't really moved with the time when it comes to like the fights and stuff it's all still very oh, the fights are fantastic in Carl man sometimes they do the stunt those stunt workers are freaking the stunt legends. workers are incredible I'm not saying that like the stunts aren't good and there's like explosions and all that other stuff but they never really move past the one punch yeah, they do have long sequences pun they have long sequences and shit yeah yeah Especially in the 80s, Super Sentai, it became a trademark to do long single-take action sequences where the camera would move between every person. You'll be able to see them still fighting in the background as the camera's like, moved like a mile away. Yeah, I guess um, it was just cut for the US release, wasn't it? Well, so Power Rangers will edit shit down like crazy. Yeah. but um, well, They have to use it for multiple programs as well and make yeah. it... So they can make it make sense. Carmen Rider's fun stuff. But, you know, it's... Yeah. It ends. I like the collectible. I like the belt thing. I like the I like the watch. I like the belt because it spins. I like things that spin. That's always a bonus on anything. Yeah. Like you you know you can have a toy thing and it just goes pop open and has some flashy lights. Fine, whatever. Ain't as good as something that spins. Proof. Beyblades. Beyblades are still around. Bakuga. Bakugan's still around. How's yeah. Bakugan still around? I have no idea. That was the shit. Like. No. The that game, one. the game doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? The toys are still around. Well, Metabots are still around. Oh god, the games are. Cubics still didn't stick around, though, did it? Cubics did not. Probably because one of the couches was called Mong. I mean, not just that. <laughs> the fact that they tried to make a Rubik's cube robot cool. Yeah. Hey, Cubics, Botsmaster. quickly! We need to. Oh yeah, not Botsmaster. Or um, what was the thing that? Telebots. No, Mummy's alive. That Mommy's that alive. two That's seasons it. didn't. Oh it? yeah, yeah, that was cashing on the whole. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Biker Mice from Mars. Skeleton Street Warriors. Sharks. It had pretty good animation yeah. compared to some of those other ones, though. I mean, Street Sharks used the same five cells over <laughs> four series. Street Sharks was great. I'll tell you what, like, considering... All, con- like, sorry, considering all the crap we had, the fact that we had Batman the Animated Series and Gargoyles within our childhoods is pretty great. Well, within my childhood, you're a bit older than me. Yeah, I got Popeye and Son. <laughs> <laughs> so I right. had the adventures of Scooby and Scrappy Doo. The amount of Popeye the arcade game I played when I got that NES. I, when I got my Retron Five and I started playing that so fucking much. I played oh, that the Famicom Popeye. game. Yeah, because mm. I have the Japanese version, so it's like exactly the same port as the arcade. Mm. And I just I kept playing it because once you get past there's four levels. Once you get past the four levels, you get them again. Yeah. And they just keep going. That's how arcade games work. They just keep Kong's going forever and ever. Yeah. They just speed up ever so slightly. And I just kept going and it's going and going. I don't know why I kept playing it. I just kept going. And the music's great. I fucking love that game. 
If that was in an arcade anywhere, I'd play that. Anyway, no, I haven't sorry. played that in the arcade. No, I never played that. I played Donkey Kong. I played. I played arcade. Donkey Kong actually. The arcade game, the actual <laughs> arcade machine. Yeah. I played Computer Space, fucking Space War, the first um, arcade game. No idea what that is. It makes a cameo in the film Soil and Green. First time a video game appears in a film. Of course it does. Yeah. I know my stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Kamen Rider Geo. Pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's not the worst Kamen Rider series I've watched. It's not nowhere near the best, but. I like the watch theme. What the fuck? I like that the watches make noises. Yeah. And they've got little grips in them, so you can put your fingers in them in the right place. Yeah. That's that's clever. Cool. And I like the belt. Yeah. Nice! Nice! Although there wasn't a tribute episode to Carmen Rider Double, which was a bit irritating, because Carmen Rider Double's the best. And it's basically just shoehorned into one of the films. Oh, okay. <sighs> well, we have to that Shin Carmen Rider is actually the best. I'm never going to stop talking about Shin Carmen Rider. And the fact that there is a Carmen Rider game where you can fight a Shin Kamen Rider. It's Kamen Rider Blades. Yeah. It's got Kamen, Shin Kamen Rider as a playable character. That makes me very happy that I built that PC. Because <laughs> I will play that game. That's the PS3 one. You can... PS2. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's the one of the Don Disney Warrior style one. Yeah. Based on no, Kamen no, Rider Blade. No, this is this is a one-on-one fighter. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like Shin. Yeah, I like Shin as well. Bless him. He's the gooiest of all the Kamen Riders. Sharpest. Yeah. Also the best hug. He's, yeah, he hurts. Yeah. Hurts. Yeah, he's had a good hug. Um, all right, is it my turn to review something? No. All right, I'm going to review I'm gonna review a game that's out on Game Pass. It's on PC, um, on Game Pass for PC, Game Pass Beta. No. Yeah. Um, it will be coming to Xbox One. Well, just use your Xbox. It will be coming to Xbox One later in the year. It's going to be coming to Switch later in the year. Yeah. You know what game I'm talking about, Anne? Uh, no. I'm talking about World of Horror. Oh. The one or two bit uh, um, PC style game from a developer. It's one guy on his own. I talked to him on Twitter. He's a pretty good guy. Oh, he was saying you suck. <laughs> Probably. Because I do. Anyway, World of Horror is a game in which you essentially live through, um, live through several of Ito, Junji Ito's short horror stories. So are you familiar oh, with Junji yeah. Ito? Yeah. Yeah, you've read Goyo. No, I'm, Jinji, I'm the one who freaking recognised that he's in Death Stranding. No one else ever talks about you, that. Uh, you read Goyo? What? Goyo? 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 About the fish monsters? No. You read that? No. Who's Maki? No, he's Maki with the spirals. Yeah. Who's yeah. Maki with the spirals? The film was alright for a low budget film. It's a weird film. Didn't really have yeah. the grand ending of the, of the manga. Yeah, but they had like 20 quid to make it with. Yeah, that's true. 20 um, <coughs> And uh, and also Frankenstein. He did a recent. He recently Ooh. redid Frankenstein, didn't he? And it's fucking incredible. Yeah, about time someone <clears> that, right? Well, I think Robert De Niro and and, and well, not uh, Mac, well, um, the one directed Max by Landis. Kenneth Branagh. Oh, you know the Max Landis written one, no? Which actually wasn't a bad film, but it was definitely sold by by um, Daniel Radcliffe and and um, James McAvoy. Yeah. More than anything else. But anyway, more of Daniel Radcliffe later. I'm going to talk Max about Landis World of Horror. Rapes. He's so fucking gross, isn't he? I like the way that Red Letter Media just disavow him. Yeah. Just get rid of him. Just don't bring him back. Replace him with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's good. I like the fact that Macaulay Culkin, I genuinely don't think anyone pays him to turn up. He just likes turning up. Yeah. I he's think going to be he's, an American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, he's got a part in it. I'm really, I'm like, I mean, it'll be it's good. The it's the McCulkus. Um, McCulkasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, World of Horror. So, yeah. <laughs> Rich started calling him McCulkin, didn't he? Yeah. 
Um, so um, yeah, World of Horrors. So you um, you play a one or two bit style game in which you explore different areas in this small town that's been affected by all these mysterious circumstances and these people are turning up in robes and just violent deaths and other horrible things Not are robes. happening. Robes. Who wears a robe nowadays? Yeah. What's your name? Red Riding Hood. KKK. Oh yeah, actually in the KKK. Basically, no one good wears hoods. No. Jafar. No, he wore more robes, didn't he? Jafar I'm sure was good. hooded. I'm sure I had a hood. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, what a horror. Turban. Pardon? He had a turban. He had a turban. A little snake on it. He might have had a hood over the turban. No. He had a hood over a turban. I don't know how. That's the joke. You're saying basically no one good's got hoods. <laughs> no one good in the hood. Look, let's in the hood doing no good. Um, anyway, so Warwick Davis, what a guy. That's why you're um, circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, World of Horror yeah so it's a one or two bit style point and click game where you essentially go and you, you investigate these crimes and there are different sections and, and there, it's it's all very much like an old school RPG style experience so you go around and through the different mysteries so you can you can either solve one small mystery on its own or you can solve several linked together through mm. case files that you basically just complete one by one and there are different endings to each um, I've played this for a few hours um, because I wanted to try it so I initially I Put it on my put it on my laptop, and I was just playing with mouse and keyboard. Absolutely fine, no problems there. Um, because I've 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 come in possession of a of a Surface, one of the Microsoft Surfaces. I wanted to see if I could play it like a touchscreen game. Stole. Didn't steal. I wanted to play it like a touchscreen game, and it mm. works perfectly fine as touchscreen as well. Like it's, it, I know that it's just emulating a mouse when you're doing it that way. But yeah. what's nice is that it doesn't need any right clicks or anything like that. There's no advanced placement, so you can literally play it with one finger. If you have a touchscreen PC. You can just or a laptop, sorry. You can just play, it. and it doesn't take a lot of computing power. So if you've got Game Pass, you can just install Games Pass and then give this a go. It's a very light little game, and and the fact that you know it is something that's it's quite um, absorbing when you're playing it. You don't really have the ability to focus on other stuff because there are like those one bit games. It doesn't hold your hand. There is a tutorial that'll tell you how to do things, but it won't lead you through it specifically as if you need to hear it again and again. And one bit's um, an aesthetic. It's not really a thing. I know it's not really a thing, but like, you know, in the games, you'd get a manual and the manual would tell you how to play the game and you get entered into the mm. game and you just play it. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that, except the manual's digital at the beginning of the game and then you go into it and you just play it. You've got tons of different bits and pieces that if you were to have one of those older school games, you'd have a book that would have the icons and the icons would have the different, what they do, how you use them. Remember stuff like the Legend of Zelda game around back, like lore and shit like that on this at the beginning of each chapter or, or thing you choose you can click a thing that says have you played before if you haven't played before you click it and it gives you a breakdown of the story what to do how to do things how to perform tasks and then it just sort of lets you go on your adventure and I'm really fucking enjoying it one of the things that I'm, I really like is that you can randomise all the colouring and everything else so you can set it to your heart's desire if you want to make it look like an old Game Boy game mm. but obviously with a higher resolution a much higher resolution because there's text and everything else you can do um, if you want to, if you want to make it so that, you know, um, you get no combat hits, hints or anything like that, you don't have any of that, you just go into it blind, you can do, and you can really approach any situation however you want. You have options to explore, you have options to visit hospital, to visit town, you can explore the areas around you. You don't need to follow, you know, the steps and the gut, but there are, there are little bits and pieces that elude me so far. I don't know how to make more money. You initially start for like what seems like four funds. And mug people. 
Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't really know how to make money beyond that. And weapons, finding weapons, using weapons can be a little bit difficult. At one point, there was a mission where I was in combat and it had the option to look around for a weapon to improvise. Hmm. And then I had a weapon. But I haven't been able to find that option again playing on other battles. So I don't know if it's only specifically Hmm. for that area. Why do you when you haven't got a weapon? Well, no, then you you never start with a weapon. So I didn't have a weapon in any of the other situations. Yeah, so but there is like, to find a weapon. There is a nice little um, side bit that you can... There are shops to go to, and there is a hardware shop where you can buy just a carpenter's hammer if you want just mm-hmm. like a quick and nasty weapon. Boosts your damage a little bit, it means you can fight. Um, also, what's really nice is your little avatar in the corner. So you've got a picture of your character you're playing as. Um, I played as the boy for the initial one, which is the training one. So there's like the split face sisters or whatever it is. And it's that story of the woman with the scissors who cuts her own cheeks. And she asked if I'm beautiful. It's based on an old, old, old Chinese or Japanese fable that I'm pretty yeah. sure they made into, uh, you know, Masters of Horror. Do you remember that? Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch it. Oh, okay. Masters of Horror, the horror anthology series, they made a story about it where it was a guy went on a business trip and he met somebody, fell in love with him, and turned out she was one of those ghosts and she's like, like, um, Itchy the Killer. Her mouth opens up all the it way. wasn't Itchy who did that. No, it wasn't. But it was uh, who's the who's the gangster that's chasing at you? Kakahiro. Kakahiro. Yeah, he had the mouth that was split from talking. Kakarot. Kakarot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really, really, really atmospheric, really, really aesthetically pleasing in the style that it's chosen, and the fact it's one guy and it's a it's it really you can tell it's a labour of love. It's a guy who loves games and he loves this style of game and he wanted to make the. It feels a bit like playing Stardew Valley back when Stardew Valley was you know just. That's a farming, isn't it? No, it, well, it's not not farming, but it's an oh. indie game that's made by one person. You can feel like it's one vision in there. Hmm. And it's in early access. Well, it's in beta, they say, on, on Games Pass, but it's in early access, so there is going to be more added, and you can see that there's more to be expanded upon. You're going to add the rest of the colours. <laughs> Maybe. Um, there's more that's going to be expanded into it, and, and, and I can see this being the kind of thing that it is going to be one of those things that people play in their eyes. Oh, I randomised this and this is the story I got. Because you can, there is an option to randomise. And he uses other assets that aren't maybe in those initial couple of chapters you can pick. So it can bring a bunch of stuff into it. So I imagine, I imagine that they're, they're, it's already said there are other characters. So there are like, maybe you play as a student and he's like a fan of baseball. He starts with a baseball bat and then also you've got other students who are like educated. And some of them do start with like spells and stuff. But spells, you've got stamina and reason. Stamina is basically your health, reason's your sanity. And using spells costs you reason. It's another game with a sanity meter. It's not really a sanity meter, it's just a number, so it's like a secondary health bar. Mm. So if if you're in combat and you have a lot of reason, but you've got your health dwindling, you can use spells to do things within the combat, like freeze your enemy or do damage to specific enemies. And that will cost you reason, but it will stop you from using your health. Whereas physical combat is more likely to affect your stamina rather than your reason. Understand? So it's a, a way of... A way of chopping and changing those two things. But you can also go home and rest. You can look after your wounds and stuff and build up stamina again. You know, it's it's all in there. And it like like I said, it feels like one person's vision's been really well implement, implemented. And I can see myself playing this for a long time because I'm already thinking about playing it again now. And going back into it and, and seeing... you playing what, Stardew Valley all day. i got to stop playing Stardew Valley. I have to stop myself. Because all I do is I end up fucking farming and making loads of money and then I just... What am I doing? I need to... No. I'm going to focus on something else for a little... World of Horror is coming to the Switch. That's one of the things that they say on the website. It's coming to Switch. So I'm, I'm thinking that I'm probably going to grab it on Switch because I'm. it's like all those other games. Play it for free on Games Pass. I still want to give the guy money, but I don't really want to buy it for Games Pass because I won't play it again on PC or Xbox. I'd rather play it on a console that I'm actually going to keep it on. So I'll probably get it on Switch once mm. it's released on Switch. Same with The Outer Worlds. 
Like, that's the same sort of thing. Is it Outer Worlds or Outer Wilds? Outer Worlds. Is it Outer Worlds? It's coming out on Switch. That's it. Um, yeah, Outer Worlds, I'm going to buy on Switch, even though I played all the way through it on the Xbox, because the game Pass. I, I want to try again. on You'll Switch. You'll feel silly when they announce the handheld Xbox One X. It's just going to be massive. Mm, it's going to be like an accordion. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be like the actual Xbox One X they've announced that's like long and rectangular. Hmm. That's actually the portable version. Yeah. And what happens is you you slide it open and like an accordion, it's big <laughs> stretch, and you've got an ultra wide quad HD screen. Off, you'd be amazed how much power you'd squeeze into a little handheld nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Well, considering phones have like what eight fifty fives, the octa-core mm. it's got four processors running at 2.6 gigs. yeah they're, they're going to try and get some of that switch money and make themselves a portable yeah but ARM processors don't work in the same way as the Tegra processors do mm. Tegra processors like they're designed around graphics I can remember the original so back in the day when the Tegra T1 was released it was released on certain tablets and I bought the tablet it was released on which was like it wasn't the Nvidia Shield it was one before I think it was actually it may have been one of the Asus tablets I gave you you know the, the Google one Arsus. Uh, Arsus, yeah. Um, that had the first Tegra chip in it, and there was a tech demo that was just, it was just a circus ball, and it was in a tent, and the tent had particle effects, but it also had lighting from different angles, and the ball had like a really specific design. As you rolled it around, it, it caught the light as an actual ball wouldn't, you could direct it around the room, and then there was like a pinball game that you could unlock. It's in a there. space cadet. It was a pinball game you could unlock in there. And again, all the physics, all the particle physics and things like that. It was basically just like a tech demo for that tablet. And that's what we've got now, the 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 one that's inside the Switch and was inside the NVIDIA Shield tablet and TV and mm. everything else they've released. They've released. It's like a 256-core graphics processing... Well, no, 256-bit graphic processing monster. It's like a 52-core, like, idiot thing. It's basically just some insane chip they designed that's meant to have graphic fidelity, but it's meant to be like... Just, just that. That's all they want to do with it. And I don't know if you remember this, but they had a something called the the Nano. Is it the? Anyway, Nvidia released their own version of the Raspberry Pi, and it could it could run sixteen different cameras, all with AI technology that detected faces. And they showed a version of that working in Tokyo's like, you know, the crossing. Where you get loads of people. Yeah. And it picked up something like 4,000 faces just over the course of like six minutes, just detecting them on the flight. Like the things that those chips can do is insane. Well, they just made that to attract Google. Well, they wanted a freaking defense contract. Well, they sold them to people. Like it was a hundred pounds for the nano. Yeah, they sold them to a defense organization. Probably. It's probably being installed in police cameras and shit. Probably. Probably. But yeah, but it's an AI system, so it learns and detects faces and all sorts of shit. But yeah, the stuff that that chip can do, and the fact that it is, it's five years old now. Mm. The X1's been updated. Like, it was in the Nexus 9. It was in the... I think it might be in the Pixel C that I've got downstairs as well. Like, it's it was in all of those those tablets for a reason. It was just such a high operating chip. And it's... Mm. I mean, that Pixel C tablet I've got still runs like a dream. It's just the battery life's cut in half because it's five years old. Yeah, magical things. Weird magical. What have you done now? This was some coffee. Fuck's sake. I'm soaking up with my sock. God's sake. Uh, but yeah, uh, sorry. So uh, yeah, World of Horror. Fucking incredible. Really enjoying it. Like, it's not Tom Atkins because it's not all completely there, but I reckon it will be once it's complete. It just depends on whether It's not, not there, but it will be when it's complete. I reckon it will be when it's complete. My so mind- when it's complete, it'll be there. Yeah, of course it will because it's complete. If it when it's complete, it's all no. I mean, it'll reach a Tom Atkins Ah. as long as like what they introduce isn't some game breaking thing. Because I know that a lot of these roguelike style games 
And this is essentially, that's kind of what this is. It's a randomly generated horror game that becomes a roguelike if you pick that random way. It's got a narrative if you don't. If you follow the chapters, it's got a narrative. Mm. If you pick randomized, it's more like a roguelike. Roguelike, sorry. And the problem with those roguelikes are that when they introduce the idea that people can hold items or you can find items and they're randomly placed throughout a thing, as soon as you get that game-breaking stupid weapon that kills everything in one shot, as soon as one person gets that in the beginning of the game, or if that's dropped often enough that multiple people experience that, it just destroys the game. That's half the fun of roguelikes. No, it's having not. a run that destroys everything. That's what we <laughs> want. You want, you, know the one, like you want the run every now and again. I'm where sure you're you've played the game where you found that, where you, you just find that one weapon or that one spell and you're overpowered for it. It's like it's a yeah. bit like, do you remember Diablo 3 when they released the Demon Slayer, but they didn't patch him yet? So you just had this character that was just like basically going like, I've got dual wielding crossbows that fire at a ridiculous rate. And you just go to him and you're like, just like a gun turret. I think he's still overpowered now. I don't think they've ever properly nerfed him because he just... <laughs> no, kids today. Go into any area and just use the demon slayer on everyone. Uh, who was the other one? I think it might have been the necromancer as well. It was really fucked up and OP. And they never fixed it. I think the Diablo 3 was a bit fucked anyway to begin with. Because they removed that... What was it? The uh, weapons market? The auction house. The auction house, that was it. And that yeah. fucked everyone. Mm. And then they removed that. And then it fucked a bunch of other people that were like spending lots of money on this expensive shit. Yeah. That was a thing everyone had the rare items. Mm. And also they had that issue where they, they had that bug where they were duplicating rare items and they, mm. they removed the bug but they didn't remove the items that were duplicated even though they had matching uh, matching item numbers and then they mm. tried people were selling them and they would receive the gold or the funds but the uh, person receiving the item would receive an item that matched their level mm. instead of it being the level the item was supposed to be sold at. That fucked it up as well. Like basically Diablo 3 was a nightmare. It was a mess. Video games man. I know right man. Anyway, your review, Ed. What? What? Why do I have to review stuff? I mean, it's kind of the nature of the beast, isn't it? Ah, fine. Okay. um, Six, six, six. Done. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've finished watching Samurai Sentai Shinkenja. Samurai Champloo? No, Samurai Sentai Shinkenja, which is the 2011 Super Sentai series. (gasps) The one that Power Rangers Samurai was based on. Very closely based on, because Power Rangers Samurai was literally like they took the script, translated it, and shot the thing exactly the same. That's how you do it. Um, with a bunch of white is the driven snow American samurais. Uh, yeah, which sounds like the 80s ninja explosion in film yeah, brought to Power Rangers. Um, but Shinkenja's fantastic. It's a really good example of what a difference like... A day makes. Um, a really good, charismatic, well-acted cast... You know what sort of difference like the right music and the right production can make to some to a script. Yeah. So I say like Power Rangers, the Samurai show is identical, apart from that they inserted Bulk and uh, Skull. Spike Skull was, oh, yeah, was yeah, his yeah. nephew, um, and because they inserted them in, they had to trim parts of the episodes out so they could fit it within twenty five minutes, which means you lose a little bit here and there as well. You lose um, a little bit of those two. Or you no, gain no, a bit of you lose two. a little bit of the actual story oh. for the episodes because. Bulk and Spike rarely have anything to do with the episodes. I hate those two so much. Um, but there's like this: the sequences are exactly the same. Like not not talking the stuff in the Power Ranger suits, which is of course they're going to be the same because it's always lifting the footage. But I mean, all the stuff unmorphed, where they're the actors are just saying the same lines of dialogue. Like the first episode, the only real difference is, is um, the head of the Sheba family turns up on a horse and not in a car, like he does in Samurai. 
and the guy who's a uh, swimmer in Samurai is a kabuki dancer in this. That's like the only differences in the first episode. Um, But now they've done a really... It's a really good show. Like, it's consistent the whole way through. There's no really... No bad episodes. There's no... No episodes that even feel a little bit weird and out of place. Like there's a consistent story going through it. The main guy who plays Takeru Shiba, the head of the Shiba clan. Mm. Um, like, I mean, I've already watched Samurai, so I know all the plot twists that were coming for it the whole way through. Cause it's like I say, exactly the same friggin' show. Yeah. Um, his performance is fantastic. Like here's, here's the difference between, you know, when they get a character and it's like, Oh no, he's meant to be emotionless and stoic, but really he's showing no character whatsoever. Yeah. He still show character by being stoic and all this. And his character, he's like, he is the head of the clan, and he's not meant to like get familiar with his his um his samurai team okay. and all that sort of stuff. He's their leader, he's their lord, and all this sort of stuff. He's and he's the at he's first the he's like all stoic, and he's being a bit of a dick to them yeah. because it's like you have to serve and fight because that's how he's been raised to basically command them. Yeah. But gradually, like the barriers break, and he learns how to become a friend. But he never actually until the very end of the series, gets to the point where he's like actually genuinely smiling, apart from times when he tries to hide it and he's doing it out of the way of everyone else. Like someone, something happens and he's happy about it, but he doesn't show it to them. The moment they walk off, he lets off a big grin. Um, but the actor who's playing him, he does a really good job of stuff like where he he's happy that they've all done something, they've all achieved. And instead of just, he, instead of just standing there looking all stony-faced like the guy in Power Ranger Samurai does... There's like he does a little bit of a smile, but it looks like a smile that's being stifled, and he's holding and he's like holding it back because he doesn't want them to see. And it's not like in a comedic way; it's just like genuinely he's he's so repressed in his emotions that he can't do a full big smile. But it's the guy who plays him is great, um, yeah. and he never appears again in Power Rain in Super Sentai. He basically became really famous after this in Japan. He's like one of those well-known actors who's in like a whole ton of films in Japan. Not really anything that most people know over here, but he's like in t- loads of TV shows and stuff. He's yeah. actually genuinely successful. Like he literally only appears in the movie that they're contracted to make a few months after the series ends because they used to have a returns movie at the time. Yeah. So that's the only one he appears in. After that he never does. Whenever they call him back, they get his little sister character to be the Red Ranger. I know that um so this is weird, but you remember you've seen Train to Passant, haven't you? Yeah. You know the guy who um he's basically steals every scene he's in, but the, the guy who's about to have a kid with that woman yeah. and he straps the magazines to his arms and he's like, I'm gonna fuck this guy up. Um, I was watching like a bunch of the weird films that I used to like the the weird sort of um, South Korean films that I like I've watched mm. in the past, and one of the ones that came back to me was Flu, which was the one that people hated. Like they really hated it when it was released, but it was kind of prescient watching it now because obviously coronavirus and stuff like that. Um, but he he's in that as like a villain. He's no, like no. one of the CDC security people, and I didn't realise it was him. But it looks exactly like him, but just ever so younger. <laughs> And I think I think he's been like really big in a lot of films because he's in like there's um, a whole different ecosystem over there. Yeah, it? really yeah. weird, isn't it? Like to think because it's I like thought- people in Japan, you wouldn't expect them to know who friggin' what's his face um, Green Arrow is, what yeah. his name is. Like, but you S- know, he's pretty well Stephen known. Mel. Stephen Mel, yeah, he's like pretty well known for all sorts of stuff over here in America. Yeah, and all that sorts of thing. Well, he's loved over there for the Green Arrow. They really like that shit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, stuff Ninja Warrior, is, man. Like, Do you see him nice. on? Yeah, you're really good, wasn't he? Was it Ninja Warrior? It's one of those ones. It was Ninja Warrior. Yeah, he was kicking ass on that and WrestleMania. Because <laughs> he did wrestling. So, but um, no, the Samurai Shinkenja, like, the music's fantastic. There's like, it's fully orchestrated music. Well, I say fully orchestrated. It's probably fully orchestrated on a 
like keyboard yeah. <laughs> it's really the music suits it perfectly there's not so many of those incidental songs which they well they call insert songs where um you know there's like a big old song number that kicks yeah. off there's not as many Power of those Rangers, as other shows like super sentai is oh power rangers was entirely insert songs yeah, in the original series it was, but super sentai had it was it was just kids being kids but also being super sentais but you'd often have like we're gonna get ice cream and da 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 like, you had, like, a few of those moments. And, I mean, really, with Power Rangers, the problem was that like, Bulk and Skull had an insert song every time they appeared. That's not an insert song. It was. That's just music. It was their theme. Yeah. But it was just that's random not what an insert fart song noises is. and organs. No, insert song. It was like, ba Insert song is a full, like, we've paid a singer to come in and do an actual yeah, song. That's an insert song. That was just, like, an insert song because someone just sat on an organ and farted. Yeah. That's all that song what, was. Like, brum, 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 it wasn't even brum, that every brum, time, brum, though. Brum, it changed every episode. No, was it the same? It's the it same really one the whole hard. time. It just sounds so. They bad. even started using it again in Ninja Steel. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, to remind you of the original show. But oh. Ninja Steel was an anniversary series. So you can I really get away hate Bulk and Skull. What? Well, they're great. I hate Comedic so geniuses. Much. Fucking the closest thing America's got to the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Glowing review there. Yeah, Chuckle Brothers are great. I would love to meet the Chuckle Brothers. One of them's dead, but two of them are dead, actually, because there's three of them. People don't forget the third one. Yeah, they forget about the first one um, when the series originally yeah. started. The only thing, the Shinkenja, um, the start, when I started watching it, a couple of things were a bit awkward. One was the familiarity with Samurai. Yeah. Because obviously I was watching it and I'm like, I know this exact scene. But there's, there is a few episodes that weren't adapted because there was less episodes of Samurai than it was Shinkenja. And they <laughs> messed around with some bits here and there. Um, but the other thing was, in the early episodes, there's like, every time they hit a villain... There's like a popping noise. He goes like that, like a oh, like a capsule from Dragon Ball Z. No, it's kind of like I think it's meant to sound like, um, you know, they do those Kabuki theater and they hit yes, the fingers yes. like that. You've got I, the you've got the string instrument there. I think it's meant to sound like the pop from like a performance theater thing, like oh, a, know, a Japanese yeah, I, theater. I know exactly what the noise is. It just sounds like a paper, like a little balloons popped or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. a paper catch. You know, like yeah. they've got the they've got two little sticks and they hold it out a little bit and then they and it expands and it goes whoosh. Yeah. yeah, it's like a pop and it happens on every single impact, like swords hitting. And for the first few episodes, it's really irritating. And I think someone watching the show was irritated and the producers just started scaling it back. <laughs> and by about fifteen episodes in, it's like practically non-existent it's, it's still there but it's behind the clashing of swords yeah and stuff but i thought like the the version i was watching was like a poor poorly audio balanced dub because it sounded like an audio pop so i was like checking different t people subtitled versions where they'd pulled it from different sources and it was in all of them and it was really irritating but once it gets out of the way it wasn't bothering me so much because it's one of those i don't get set off by sounds and repetitive sounds and stuff but it's one of those sounds where i was just like it's actually irritating me Almost as much as that twat that was in HMV the other day when I was in there who couldn't talk uh, human volume and was really loud. I could hear him from the other side of the store. He was irritating me. Can't stand people like that. You have issues with sound. No, I don't, but this guy was irritating me. <laughs> um, I don't have issues with sound, but this guy's sound. He was all like... I, One of I those people was just way too yeah. loud. And then I went to game and he was in there, so I left Guildford. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Done. It wasn't the weird guy that looks a little bit like Tweak from Basketball, was it? And he has, like, the one weird wandering eye. Nah. Nah, just some guys. Sure? Because he used things. to get a bus all the time, and he really mm. fucked me off. But it might have been. Who knows? I don't know. I didn't I think he's, him. like, I think he he's either pretending to have some sort of autism, or he's just a cunt, but he said something to someone that really wound me up. When I went and sat, like, closer towards the front of the bus as if mm. I was about to get off, 
And I sat there looking at him for about 20 minutes. I think he got a bit upset with me. And then I didn't see him on the bus at 10 o'clock anymore when I was coming back from Dara's place. I don't think he's him. I really fucking hate that <laughs> He was that walking guy. around with some guy and the other guy's talking at a normal volume and he's just really loud and it's irritating. I can't stand stuff like that. Anyway, Shinkenja. Um, really good. Probably a top five series so far. Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if it knocks too far down after I've watched more of them. It's like, it's not my favourite one because, you know, Takuja and Gokaija. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it is really good and it's so much better than Samurai. And it's not like Samurai was the worst Power Ranger series. It got, gets a really bad rap and I think it's a lot of it is from those Tokusatsu fans who are like, once they've started watching Super Sentai, they act like every single series of Power Rangers is awful. Yeah. And they say, oh, it's all terrible. But even though there's some series of Power Rangers that are objectively better than the Super Sentais they're based on, mm. like Power Rangers RPM and Time Force and Lightspeed Rescue. Um, I don't think, I can't remember any of the ones that I've really enjoyed. I think probably the last you one that I really... You've full series of Power Rangers though, have you? When I was a kid, I did. Like the yeah. actual Power Rangers, like the, the crap one. I watched... All of it, like every weekend. Yeah, yeah. But um, but like Super Sentai and stuff like that is a whole other beast. Hmm. I've watched Kamen Rider. Like uh, we've spoken about this before. Well, you watched, watched Amazon's, didn't you? That's yeah, we watched. That's nothing like regular Kamen. No, Rider. no, no. But I have watched other series of Kamen Rider. Like so, the Kamen Rider. I don't know how many how much people know about Kamen Rider that we got over here. But it was that weird alien thing, wasn't it? When that's the, not Kamen Rider. Don't the, talk the, about Mast like, Rider. Mast Rider. Yeah, that was it. Do you it know was, that was the um? That's where Vern Troyer got his acting. Really? Yeah, he was Furbus, the little alien. Oh, right, yeah. I hate yeah. Furbus. <laughs> yeah, everyone hates Furbus. Um, but yeah, I saw that I saw that, and I didn't like that. And my brother it's said... It's not Carmen Ryder. My brother said that they it, it's based on something else, and uh, my friend has VHS tapes. And I remember I was watching VHS tapes and that stuff way mm. back when. Um, that was around the same sort of time that I, that I started watching stuff like... Um, I, think I, had, I think I had copies of stuff like um, uh, Wolf Cub... Um, Lone Wolf and Cub Lone Wolf and Cub and, and Shogun stuff like that and Shogun Assassin and Shogun Assassin yeah. part of a massive series of films yeah but I, also Shogun the series the American yeah. series stuff like that which I've got on Blu-ray now but yeah like loads of shit like that I used to watch it when I was a kid just because martial arts has always been something that interested me but more than anything martial arts was the idea of the, there being someone who who um, who didn't necessarily know like oh this is going to turn out fine and every second that they're in a situation they could die any minute and they're not okay with it, but at the same time, they they kind of accept that it's going to happen. They're just a bit wild-eyed and crazy. Like, I fucking love, like... I think that's why I like The Mummy so much, has that similar sort of tone. It's like Brendan Fraser is like, he's genuinely a little bit insane and might die at any second. But he just sort of goes with it. Indiana Jones is kind of the same. It's like, yeah. he might die at any second, but like, fuck, he's going to do it. You just it. really want to see someone die. I don't want to see someone die, but I like the idea of a hero not being like, huh, I've totally got this. And then like, just... Most heroes nowadays, are yeah, breezy for it. But like, I like it, like the fact that like Brendan Fraser is about to get shot, and then Rachel Wise pulls him away, and he's I mean, like, he's like, I was reloading my guns like a cool guy. <laughs> like, I like shit. It's like, like American that. movies nowadays, the heroes are not only in untouchable, but they know they're untouchable, yeah, and all this sort of stuff. But they don't push it far enough to the point of it being hilarious. Yeah, like <laughs> they, he's he's untouchable, and he's a super genius. And he's like this, like, and I just always think to myself. That's why freaking Kamen Rider Kabuto, not the best series, but the main character is hilariously good at everything, and I love it I because think... he's constantly like, I can cook, I can play football for an entire team on my own, and he's like, I'm gonna freaking make all this stuff, and I'm gonna do you know, bike mechanics and shit like this because I'm amazing. It's my perfect tofu in my dinner. I think the reason that I, I think the reason that so many people are drawn to characters like Drax from the Marvel movies instead of someone like Peter Quill or mm. Gamora are that. Drax gets fucked up. Oh yeah. Like Drax doesn't just get fucked up. He doesn't he doesn't really understand any of those situations that 
he will die any second, but he's not willing. Like it's not that he's not willing to. He's like, oh, we're gonna die. That's kind of crazy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like he's one step away from saying that. Whereas Peter Quill's like, oh, I've totally got this. Do 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 do. Like it, less so in the first Guardians of the Galaxy because there he does seem like a goofy twat who gets knocked about a lot. Mm. In the second one, though, I found him a bit irritating. Well, more than a bit irritating. It's almost like one of those incels turning around and being like, oh, but supermodels do like the way I look. And it was like, that was his arc, was that, oh, I am a superhero with super god powers. And that was just a bit disappointing. Yeah, it's a little kid's dream come true. Yeah. That's the whole point of that. But yeah, but then someone like, I think Rocket Raccoon draws a lot of people because Rocket Raccoon is so damaged physically and mentally. Hmm. Drax is so damaged physically and mentally. I can't think of anyone from the Marvel Universe where I'm like, oh, Captain America gets fucked up in all of those films and might die and he's actually that's the closest his whole thing got. is getting back up yeah isn't it? he's kind of the closest him he Spider-Man, can do this all day well in Avengers he gets stabbed in the leg but when yeah. that happened I was like I didn't realise how bad that stab was but I would not get back up after that he does that the whole thing that's yeah. Captain America's entire thing is that no matter what he'll get back he'll up he'll just get back up it's like Sp- Spider-Man I can do this all day and it comes actually, back thinking about it that's yeah, probably I why I like Spider-Man Homecoming so much because mm. he gets fucked up at the end of that film yeah like it's not he doesn't I know do- he earns his hero's journey in that film even if like he got given a massive super suit by yeah. Tony Stark he doesn't earn his villains no, his villains are all Tony Stark's Tony Stark. <laughs> but no that fucking I, I forgot how good that end scene is where he's crying and he's like fucked and he's yeah. like under the building Spider-Man has always got the best like get back up moments doesn't mm. he except yeah. for Amazing Spider-Man I broke my fiance's neck <laughs> I'm the villain I think that's like the weekend after he's broken up with her three times yeah. And acted like she's the one who's being unreasonable. Yeah, that film sucks. It does suck. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I only just realised that. Like, I, I only just realised that that's kind of what's missing from these sorts of things. Is like, and I think that you don't really get that too much from Power Rangers either. But they've got superpowers. They're meant to be like. That's why they wear helmets and shit. They're meant to. Power have Rangers super- are just a bunch of good people yeah. doing good things. I just wish that there might have been like a series where one of the Power Rangers, like he does get a bit fucked up, like his mask breaks or something like Their that. Their mask breaks. Really? Stuff like that, yeah. Oh. You see, I'm paying enough attention to Power Rangers. No, it's more probably Sentai. The first series is all about the Power Rangers learning from, well, how to be good at football and stuff. Yeah. And they got so many activities. They get up to so many activities. Dance competitions? Everything. Like, there's an episode where Tommy um, has to sing in a musical for some reason. Or the one where he becomes quarterback of the football team after training for a weekend, even though it was Jason's thing. And Jason's like, great, Tommy. Well done. <laughs> Like, I mean, dude, you just stole your place and your girl. Took your girl, took your place. Yeah, yeah. Shinkenja's good. It's in my I room like now. it. I like the bit in Shinkenja when they hit things a lot and they like they get beaten up and then they get back up and they carry on fighting because they're cool. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, no, don't do it. And there's a whole thing where it's like, you're a friend. We protect you because you're a friend, not just because you're our master. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. And there's also a lantern. This wasn't in Samurai. Um, there's a police lantern, one of those old big blue ones, red police lanterns like they used to have in the 19th century. Oh, they used to carry by the, 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 the handle yeah, on the back. Yeah. yeah, and it's sentient and it talks and turns into a giant robot. In um, <laughs> in Samurai, they just it just turns into a robot. It's another weapon. Oh. But in this, he's an actual character and he um, gets angry at the Gold Ranger after complaining about how the Gold Ranger presses his sushi, they get into an argument and he leaves home and runs away and starts applying for jobs and it's fucking hilarious. He's just a robot running around running... He's, no, he's just a floating lantern. Oh, right. He only turns into a robot what when does, he gets big. What does he want to do as a job? Well, he applies for the police and okay. he applies for work in um, a bunch of different places. In the end, he ends up working as a lantern hanging from a 
a fast food cart, just like he was doing before. Oh. <laughs> so he's really good at lighting up that. Yeah, you, lighting yeah. the way, lighting the path to hungry travellers. There's a bit where they travel back in time accidentally. In I think it's one of the movies, actually. They travel back in time to... No, they don't. They go to different dimensions, and one of them is a samurai-themed dimension. And um, they're, some of the rangers are being chased by this samurai, the Japanese police in the like, 19th century. Yeah. And the lantern's teamed up with the police because he just really got into it. Just really enjoyed it. He's like, sorry, sorry, I just loved it so much. Jesus. But um, yeah, that wasn't in Samurai. Should have been. I wanted a talking lantern in Samurai. It would have been hilarious. Do they still cut away to the lantern every so often, but it doesn't say anything? No, no, no. That'd be amazing. (laughs) He keeps like trying to hide his head inside his thing. There's a head. He's got a little head that pops out the top of the lantern. It's good. Um, But yeah, Shinkenja. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Put it in your asshole. Cool. Is it my review? No. I'm going to review a thing about a thing that was once a movie about a hedgehog. I saw Oh, your Sonic. pirated comic is copy of Sonic Hedgehog? No, I, I saw it in the cinema. I no, just... you didn't, because I came home and it was playing on your laptop. Yeah, I know, I was rewatching it. Your screen cap version. So, you know, I actually not only bought a ticket last weekend when I went to go see it, I also bought a ticket today when I was rewatching it to make sure that they still get the money. So No, you didn't. Yes, I do. I bought the tickets. All right, anyway, so I was I Sonic the movie is a weird one. I've wanted to talk about this with you for a little bit. I was expecting you to have seen this by now. When you yeah, said you were going to Guildford the other Sonic day, I thought Edge you were going to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. movie. Fuck off. It's, it's a weird film because it's got James Marsden in it. It reminds me instantly of like six other films he's been in. More like Hop. Yeah, people don't remember Hop, but Hop was a film where James Marsden and the Easter Bunny voiced by... Um, voiced by... God, what was his name? Russell Brand. Um, went on a journey to go and defeat his dad, defeat, defeat his dad's head chick oh, who helps make the eggs. Horrible, that's... I know. Um, so James Marston teams up with Russell Brand's hop to go and fight back against a chick that's trying to take over Easter. And the chick is voiced by Hank Azaria. Don't refer to women like that. What? As chicks. Okay. And I don't mean to... Don't mean to interrupt your phone viewing right now, but uh, a chicken's in, as in a chickadee, tiny little chicken. Oh, like a baby chicken. Like a baby chicken. No, oh, so not some woman. No. Takes over takes over Easter from the Easter Bunny. No. And then uh, Russell Brand becomes a drummer. <laughs> Hop is a bad movie. <laughs> Hop is a real bad movie. Um, but yeah, James Marsden seems to turn up in a lot of these weird, like, um, weird animated... Movies. I kept thinking he was in Garfield, but it's not him in that. It's not Jason Lee either. Jason Lee's Alvin and the Chipmunks in the exact same yeah. sort of situation. But anyway, James Marsden, he doesn't seem to have been doing too well when it comes to films recently. He was great in Westworld. He was fantastic in Westworld Series 1 and 2. Um, and, you know, he has been really good in some films, but it just it's like this weird thing where he's fallen into this... I don't know. Anyway, so Sonic. The story of Sonic. Uh, Sonic, as a young kid, has been trained by this trained by another another character who's not from the games. Which is great because they've not got any law to bandy on from the games or anything like that. Um, he's it's being... best to not do anything from the game, to no, be honest. Well, yeah. you, you end up with Sonic 06, man. Doesn't he have... So, forgive me if I'm wrong in this, but he has magical powers in this that just mean he's, he can run fast. His body produces like a bioelectrics from the looks of things. But, you know, um, but in, the, in the comics and in the, in the show, I think they found magic shoes, right? No. No, he was a creation of Dr. Robotnik. Was he a creation of Dr. Robotnik? Yeah, okay. yeah they went, they escaped and fought back. Basically the same plot as Crash Bandicoot. Oh. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Um, but anyway, so Sonic in this, he, uh, yeah, so he, in a desperate move to run away from a, a tribe of echidnas that are trying to take down him and his, his, his guardian, he travels to Green Hills, which is not Green Hill Zone, Green Hills. Yeah. Um, and over 10 years, he sort of explores the galaxy, trying to find a place that he can call home. He's very lonely. Eventually, he goes insane, um, and he causes a blackout, which draws Dr. Robotnik in on his location. The whole time that he's been there, he's been watching James Marsden and his wife, who uh, is a very attractive vet lady that we meet doing some yoga. James Marsden's bored at home. He wants to move to San Francisco, I believe, because he wants to be a big-time cop, and he's just sort of dwindling, being a cop in this place. Big-time cuck. Yeah. Cuck to be made cuck off by... Oh, yeah, that was in Superman! <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was his wife got stolen by Superman and in X-Men his wife got stolen by Wolverine <laughs> are you gonna stop Superman stealing your wife though yeah Kryptonite 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 you'd be like honey here's your here's your conflict she's like oh god these are lovely what have you have you put extra stuff in here he's like oh yeah don't worry about it and then she turns up and, and Superman's like oh, I'm gonna kiss you and he goes to kiss you and he's like oh I'm so weak <laughs> she's, she's like oh no Superman what's happening <laughs> I'm dying like, there you go done and then James Wilson's like did what Lex Luthor could never do fucked an old lady <laughs> stole all her money made a new island wore a wig oh Kevin Spacey was so bad in that film that was a bad film Superman Returns was a bad film that's no, nice. it's great Brandon Ralph is great he was a really good Superman and there are some scenes in that that are fine but for the most part it's a bad movie it's a bad movie made by a bad guy by a real bad guy. No, we don't know who directed it. Brian Singer. I think it was Hatsune Miku. It was Brian Singer. No, Hatsune Miku directed. No, the joke is Dexter Fletcher directed. <laughs> Dexter Fletcher directed everything that was previously attached to Brian Singer. Anyway, sorry. So to the point. Um, yeah. So Sonic's gone a bit mad, but he teams up with James Marsden after revealing to him that look, I've been watching your family. I'm like kind of in love with you, and like I'm sorry, and all this other shit. So James Marsden helps him. Why is he spying? What's with people spying on James Marsden? I have no idea. James Marsden is. I think he was going to sleep with James Marsden's wife. You know, I don't think James Marsden can escape that. Have you seen Straw Dogs? James Marsden's wife seen is the Kate Bosworth. All oh, right, so there's a remake of that with James yeah, Marsden and Kate Bosworth and Kate Bosworth. So you know how the original Straw Dogs... Lois Lane. Pardon? Kate Bosworth. Yeah, from Superman Returns, oddly Mm. enough. So you know in the original Straw Dogs, there is no question about whether or not she is sexually assaulted. Mm. In this one, it's Alex Garsgård, and she is really flowing with him. And like when it comes to the act, it's very ambiguous as to whether or not she does or does not want it. But then it becomes sexual assault because multiple people are involved, much like Uh. in the original. (laughs) And it's a really muddy message to have that be like be the way it works because I know that no one wants to see sexual assault there are better ways of doing it now back in the time when Straw Dogs was made I think that like it was before I spit on your grave maybe yeah and like that sort of thing when violence was shown on screen it was it really was showing it it's like, so there's a rape happened. scene in something yeah Joe. yeah um, but in the Straw Dogs remake it's just it's really weirdly sexualised and I don't I, it's really gross it's really gross. James Marsden is great when he's getting revenge, though. If you want to watch, like, James Marsden kicking the shit out of people, the last half hour of that film, he fucking gets his revenge. Nice. I still love the fact that, like, in the original, Dustin Hoffman, also a bad guy, by the way, so we shouldn't speak about him for too long, but Dustin Hoffman, where he goes and puts the pans on the cooker and starts heating that oil, I was like, oh my god, genius. When I was a kid, I was like, great idea, great idea. Like, I would never think to do that. In a situation where, like, like and also who has that much oil nowadays <laughs> Americans they need oil that's absolutely true we'd be boiling water hmm. actually if we put sugar in the water and make a sort of saline solution that'd fuck you up that'd be worse than oil 
Anyway, sorry, Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's put knives in there. <laughs> Have some hot knives! Mm. Oh, they burn and they're in me! Yeah. <laughs> Don't think outside the box. <laughs> I like it. What film was it where the guy... The guy puts razor blades so they're pointing outwards, like sorry, they're pointing inwards towards the house. So that when someone puts someone like basically tries to come through and he pushes the thing down and the razor blades like basically go into the person, but as they try and drag themselves out, they like, scoop all their skin off and fuck them up even worse. Anyway, know, man. back to Sonic the Hedgehog. Back stuff. to Sonic the Hedgehog. Something a little bit less gory than the last couple of seconds of, of insinuated. Um, so yeah, he's going a bit mad. Now Robotnik's after him. He's alerted to where his presence is and James Marsden's like, no, get the fuck out of here and punches Robotnik in the face. Um, and then they, they go on an adventure trying to work out uh, basically when he is tranquilized by James Marsden, he drops all his rings and they have to go to San Francisco anyway to go and collect his rings. And that leads to the final confrontation where they're travelling all over the place. Look, it's, it's not the perfect movie. It's not even a great movie, really. It's just fine. But I can imagine this is great for kids. And this is also great if you're, like, a diehard fan of the Sonic cartoon, but maybe not so much the games. Because I always forget Which the Sonic fact... Which Sonic cartoon? I always... Well, all of them. I always forget the fact Sonic that... Sonic Boom. I always forget the fact that when we were kids... You played the games, and then maybe you watched the cartoons. Like I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of the cartoons. I played all the games. I've probably still got some of them on video somewhere. But I didn't watch a lot of the cartoons. I did. It was great. There were some that were fine. I remember there was one where they were in a band. Oh, that's Sonic X. No one cares about that one. There was there was that one. And was then it Sonic were... X? No, it might have been something else. I don't know. But there's like, five cartoons. There's been loads of them. But um. No, only the original one. Only the original Sonic Edge of Cartoon counts. But I forget that... Or Scratching like, Grounder. It's a bit like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You had people that watched the program but didn't play the games. And like The Simpsons, The Simpsons arcade game is legendary to people that played The Simpsons arcade game, but someone who just watches The Simpsons, they didn't really know too much about the arcade game. Mm. Like, And it's and it's weird that um, there exists so much of this stuff out there that they could have like taken from, and instead they sort of took this generic road trip approach. And I I feel like it sort of does a disservice and it doesn't really... I think diehard fans of the, the games and not that other stuff will be fine. And I think that people who have like invested in all that other shit probably won't be happy with it. Yeah, but and it's for parents to take their kids to. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think and it's they'll go for, get a happy meal. I think it's for parents that are like, they're like, hey, I remember this thing, so it might be fun to go see this with the kids. And it's sort of, you know, they're getting the whole family in. And, it, and they can have a nap. It looks like it's working because it's doing fairly well. It beat Birds of Prey, which surprises me because I thought Birds of Prey was quite... Well, it's so much better than Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad did better somehow. Yeah. Which is fucking depressing, isn't it? Yeah. What a fucking depressing world we live in. Um, but remember, it's always the fault that they didn't release the Snyder Cut Justice League. It's, it's, also, the it's, it's also they didn't bring back the best Joker, Jared Leto. Ah, it's so bad as a Joker. I mean, Jacqueline, Jack, <laughs> Jacqueline Phoenix. <laughs> he, Joaquin. I was, I was say Jacqueline. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna say no, Jacqueline Phoenix. He, he was great as that character, but he wasn't the Joker. And that's, uh, I mean, that's kind. I still of- don't think they've done a film with the Joker. It's always. It's always some weird interpretation. Yeah, it's always either way too jokey or it's a, just a gangster. Mm. Well, actually saying that, I think what Heath Ledger was trying to do, do was close, but he didn't really... The problem with the Joker is that he is constantly cracking stupid shitty jokes and said the Joker was just like really physically... In, he was really physically adept and also was just... He was really intense and forgiving. Yeah. Just 
constantly his whole thing was the schemes the big joke whereas I want a joker that's just basically well, a, the clown prince of crime I kind of I liked little bits and pieces like that he did like the, he was funny in the scenes he was in but he was funny in a way that was so intense you didn't really get a chance to laugh mm. Like the yeah. whole, the whole you want to see you want to see me make a pencil disappear is is yeah. great. I think that's actually yeah. really funny, and that made me laugh. I, I also I like the where he walks into the party and he grabs a champagne glass and he he swings it behind him so the champagne goes behind him and then drops it. Like, <sighs> like that, like mm. it's just weird shit like that. It's like let it go. He's like, oh, bad choice. The old improv bomb bit. Oh yeah, yeah, stuff like off. that. Yeah, it's all great because they miss time setting the bomb off, so he just improvs. <laughs> Messing is, with it, and he goes, I liked. I like the whole. How is little Gamble going to afford his gold teeth for his kids? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm going to kill you, clown. And uh, yeah. they, they seem to be nowadays. They seem to be pushing the Joker towards being more of a thug in loads of yeah. things as well. Because it was like the the Batman cartoon. Do you remember that with the Joker's yeah. like in a straight jacket, insane asylum, all this sort of stuff? Well, do you remember the one from the only one that really worked? I thought was the one in Under the Red Hood. I thought Brave and the Bold was okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's old-fashioned. Well, it was Joker. like a no. Brave and the Bold. He was like a Rustafarian. No, that's Joker, the like. that's the joke. That's the Batman. Oh, is that the Batman? Sorry, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was pretty cool. No, I like that. Straight jacket is silly. Is it silly? Yeah. All right. Um, like yeah, uh, the Red Hood one's really good, but that's yeah. that's Mark Hamill, isn't it? That's, that's John best. DiMaggio. Is it? It's John DiMaggio doing the voice oh, now. Jesus, he's got that brilliant bit where he gets. Um, where he's like, I need a glass of water, and they give him the glass of water, and he slices the guy's throat off and goes, "I'm going to need some guys, but not these ones because <laughs> they're dead." <laughs> I really like Mark Hamill's Joker from from uh, the Batman the Animated Series. That's probably yeah. been one of the best ones. I yeah. think him and Heath Ledger are probably. If you could get those two mixed together, that'd be great. I love the IRS. I love the, the, Joker the IRS and, um, meme that Harley Quinn cartoon. Have you watched, have you watched the one? Oh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, when he's um, yeah, yeah, Batman gets his mask pulled off. And yeah, he's he like, "Where's my goddamn electric car, Bruce?" <laughs> I ordered it like two years ago. Yeah. I like the I like that one just because he is he is such a bitter little bitch. Mm. Like there is um Cockney pro- Scarecrow. Everyone's probably seen it. This yeah, Ralph Cooley plays the Scarecrow. Yeah, I've only seen bits of it, but that oh. seems fucking hilarious. Ralph Cooley's very like, would you hear that Harley broke up with him? <laughs> and Bane's like, Yes, I heard he's very upset about the whole thing and he's like, Yeah, I've heard he's taking it really bad as well. He's yeah, they're just doing doing nothing and it's just He's not looking good, is he? <laughs> this joker's just like, ahem! And he's like, it's like, well, oh, you're right there, mate. You're looking... I don't believe any of the lies. You look fine. <laughs> just, and Bane's just like, yes, you look very good for a man whose heart was just broken. <laughs> and then they just both wonder. Bane is amazing in that. There is... Um, King Shark's pretty great. King Shark's played by... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Ron Funches? I'm here you, but I'm passively, aggressively choosing to ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually okay. My fin was blown up, but they've reattached it now, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> then everybody leaves the room because Harley got back with Joker and like got fucked over. And he's like, I would leave the room, but I am very high on morphine right now and healing, so <laughs> please leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Bane's amazing in that. There's an episode where she joins the the Ministry of Evil, whatever it is, and um, and basically Bane gets to hire her thugs out to help her with a job. <laughs> Uh, help him with a job, sorry. And the job is he's going to blow up an ice cream place because every time this kid punks him in this ice cream place, it's like, I ordered raspberry swallow. You said you had none, but I clearly see people with raspberry swallow. And he goes, we're all out, I'm afraid. And I was like, you're not all out. Give me my ice cream. <laughs> he gives him the ice cream. He goes, bone, bone. Is it, I think I've got a bone in ice cream. You know my name is Bone. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you know damn well my name. And so he's planned to blow up this ice cream parlor to teach this kid a lesson. But yeah, Bane is incredible. Um, Kite Man's pretty good as well. Although Poison Ivy, like, she's she's really good, but she, like, 
basically Poison Ivy ends up dating Kite Man. No spoilers there because it's it's everywhere. But um, and they have their like her and Harley Quinn are obviously like the big power couple within DC nowadays. Hmm. And uh, it's weird that they don't allude to that. Well, they do kind of softly allude to that, but she has this relationship with Kite Man. It's it's just Kite Man is one of those people that's like, hey, uh, if you need a guy, and it involves kites, I'm your guy. Hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that is a really strong series. I reviewed it last week, didn't I? No. no? Oh. Mm. Uh, I think I was talking about it during my Birds of Prey thing, but yeah, it's a really strong series. Uh, anyway, Sonic the Movie is fine. I'm actually going to... Sonic the Movie. Uh, I'm, bored Sonic of, I'm bored of talking about Sonic the Hedgehog now. Pivoted. Harley Quinn, the series, the first series on DCEU. It's really fucking good. I'm going to give that to Tom Atkins. It's on E4 scene. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. They sh- whenever they show Batwoman and all that, it's kind yeah. of the same time. Um, it's really good. Clayface is perfect. There's... Um, uh, Dr. Psycho I think is his yeah, name yeah. not someone I'm familiar with but he basically he is like a top real he Wonder Woman he calls Wonder Woman a cunt and then it's <laughs> like this PR nightmare they're like mid-battle he's like throwing cars and stuff he goes will you stop you fucking cunt <laughs> they burn the word cunt <laughs> and she's like he's <gasps> like what what'd I do it's like you are a PR nightmare right <laughs> so he hasn't joined um, Poison Ivy's got this plant that uh, basically towards the end of the series he has to hire someone to help him get around because he's just a plant in a massive plant pot a bit like mm. the little shop of horrors like um yeah uh, <laughs> and, and he's like I called this guy and he turns up and he delivers me places I want to go because he delivers weeds I got this <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's just this stoner that's become like a sidekick <laughs> and he's just like he's like we are leaving Terry we are leaving he's <laughs> like you want to buy a dime bag he's like Terry no stop trying to sell weed <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's so pitch perfect. And, uh, Kaylee Cuckoo, who is obviously Big Bang Fairy, she just lives it. She loves it. It's great. Yeah. I think, um, is it Lake Bell or Rosario Dawson? Rosario Dawson plays Poison Ivy. Really, yeah. really good. Um, Alan Tudyk plays the Joker and Clayface. Um, you've got Ron Funches, Raul Cooley. Um, I can't, I don't know who Bane is. Oh, um, uh, Chris, Christopher Maloney plays, um, Commissioner Gordon. And he's fucking incredible. There's a whole episode. He should have been Christopher Gordon, Christopher Gordon in the Batman in he the movies. Been, yeah. Um, but he, like, he, doesn't get J.K. Simmons and make him get ripped and then don't. Yeah, I know. Christopher Maloney's always ripped. Just get him in there. He yeah. was in Happy and he was really good in that. Um, there's an episode where uh, Clayface leaves behind his hand after a bank robbery mm. and he's basically Commissioner Gordon's so sad and pathetic in this world that he hangs out with a hand and it's his only friend. And <laughs> at the end, he, he lets the hand go and it waves to him goodbye and he goes, he goes I'll never forget that hand. <laughs> and it's like, are you okay, Commissioner? Because I thought I had a friend. It's like, you're my friend, aren't you, Batman? He's like, I've got to go now. <laughs> this is the end where he gets to have a tank finally. <laughs> Batman's like, don't use tanks because you can't efficiently control a crowd against mutated trees if you have tanks. He goes, okay, I won't use a tank. And then Batman calls him halfway through the episode like, what sounds like a tank? And he goes, I'm not in a tank. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon's really pathetic. Um, and who is it that plays uh, Batman? It's someone who's really, really good. Um, uh, he was like the really... He's he's in loads of shit. He's the really tall, like, bumpkin brother from Beverly Hillbillies. Um, Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah, the film, not the not the series. Um, one second, sorry. I mean, you were reviewing Sonic Hedgehog. Yeah, fuck that. It's shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's not shit, it's just fine. It, uh, fucking who cares? It really is one of those, it is one of those, um, who cares sort of things. It's not, 
like the problem is there's not enough interesting there or new there for it to be really great and that's kind of the problem oh Diedrich Bader Dr. Psycho's Tony Hale and and the plant's played by J.B. Smoove and Jason Alexander plays the old guy who owns their house that they rent from him Jim Rash is the Riddler is J.B. Smoove a name on instruction no 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 he's a comedian he was in loads of stuff he was in saying is it a name or instruction oh right J.B. Smoove yeah yeah, Um, you're not very quick oh Andy Daly plays Two-Face there's loads of really big names in this. Mm. Yeah. All getting this. Oh, Wayne okay. Knight plays Penguin. I did wonder. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. There's a there's a bit of Aquaman where he's in a fight against Harley Quinn and mm. he actually create uh, cre- like breaks a tank and he has to quickly scoop up all the fish because he can hear him screaming. Mm. <laughs> they also like babies screaming yeah. and Bane's like, "Why don't you take them over to the city pool? It's only two blocks away." And he's like, Aquaman's like, oh yeah, I'll just put salt water fresh fish in, in colonate and chlorinated water, shall I? Shall I, Bane? He's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to one of your friends. <laughs> it's just shit like that. Um, really fucking great. Uh, yeah, if that's on E4 soon, I recommend everybody watch that because the DCEU app like, is fucking going downhill, isn't it? I've, I, it's I, a bit of a mistake. Well, I paid, like, I paid what? I paid for a month when I wanted to watch... Um, Justice League no what was the series um, Doom Patrol Doom Patrol because we weren't getting Doom Patrol I paid to watch that mm. and then with this Doom Patrol was on Amazon Prime isn't it it wasn't at the time yeah. this was like right when it ended and then didn't come to Amazon Prime for what four months yeah um, and this I basically once Harley Quinn had finished paid for it and then because I was I was downloading some episodes here and there but then I just thought fuck it because he it is a really like the thing about the player is that if you're using Chrome or Edge browser you can watch it in 4K but like if you don't have if you it doesn't have an Apple TV app you can use in the UK it doesn't have like a Windows app you can use in it's the UK it's not officially out in the UK I know but like surely <laughs> if you've got something like this that's a well produced series and they've got the second series is already planned they've already started hmm. doing it like I mean the second series is literally out in like April yeah it's like this done that's not the second series it's the rest of the first series you reckon because it's thirteen episodes, isn't it? Yeah, but they've literally they've, you don't just make another series. No, no, I know. Quickly. But like, I thought this was being in yeah. the. I thought this was in. They just split the series time. in half. That's all they've done. All right. Yeah, quite. Well, because they've actually got like a final. It feels like a finale to this mm. arc because the last part is it's a two part of the last bit. Actually, there's like a running narrative for the last four episodes, mm. and it's the Joker basically with the Harley Quinn getting back together and shit like that, um, and he wants to design this giant tower that just has his face and it tells Batman he's a dick. And then it just fucks up a bunch of stuff. Like, he, his superhero plans are always shit and they keep funding them for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's not until Harley Quinn joins. She goes, why are we giving this guy money for this? And they're like, I don't know. He, he gets results and gets the figures in. And they're like, oh, right. So because he draws in a crowd, we get paid somehow. And he goes like, I don't know how this works. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I give that to Tom Atkins. People should check that out. And if there's the second part is coming, then fucking mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just quickly trying to find out what's going on in the second series, if there's actually one. No, they announced the release date the other day. It's literally like a few weeks away. Yeah. Ten years. It's not, it's not even... It's quite clearly they made the whole thing in one go and they've just put a, a oh, season Oh, yeah, split. 26 episodes. So they actually started it in November 2017. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So it was October 2019 they started showing it. That sounds right. Uh, it was revealed yeah. the second series was produced in yeah, so it's just they ordered 26 episodes and they split into two seasons, so the second season starts April 3rd, 2020. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that then. Um, I'll obviously review that once it's out. <coughs> They've got another customer for another month at the end of whenever that finishes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really strong. I think that you'd like that. And it's it's a good, like, 
it's a good representation of Harley Quinn. It's not as annoying as some of the other ones, and I think it's a good idea to go with a more focused character like that. Like, she can be insane as in she has no reason behind what she does, but when she's doing something, she's on it. Like, she's got an idea. Hmm. Which is kind of what they do with the film, but they just, the in-between parts, they flipped it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Tom Atkins for that. Your review, Ed? What am I supposed to put that down as on the friggin' time code? Put it down as put it down as Sonic, but he changes his mind. It's actually Harley Quinn. Series one. God's sake. Friggin' I fucking I love the fact I can do Bane unfocused. impressions again randomly. <laughs> right, anyway, what am I gonna review now? I don't know, what are you gonna review now? Uh, let's talk about the analog mega SG. Okay, let's talk about that analog um, mega SG that you've got right there on the floor there. Yeah, it's a bit it's expensive. How much was it? Um with the post end, it cost me $186. That's not too bad. Yeah, postage was $50. Well, but it's $186 <laughs> yeah. with postage. How much is the controller on top of that? Uh, that was 22 quid. So, in total, you'd have to pay £210. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, so £210 in total, and that's for the console. With the, uh, um, with the Mega SG, I've heard recently that they can play ROMs. You can basically the guy who designed it, Kevtris, has released a jailbreak software for it. Yeah. So you can you can load cores from other consoles into it and load them through SD card. Yeah. But I'm keeping it as a Mega Drive for now. I can't. No, no, that's fine. Right. I I don't but, blame um, you for that because I think that that's always like you may as well just get an emulation player on PC. Yeah. But it is the core, so it does mean because the thing with the Anal- Mega SD, the whole point of it is. It's not an emulation console like a Retron 5 or any of those It's more like a things. Mr, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's an F- like a well, dead, FPGA. Mr. Mister is an FPGA. Yeah. Um, and this is an FPGA designed to be a Mega Drive with working everything working like it would on a Mega Drive. Um, I've tested a whole bunch of games. Um, discovered that apparently most PAL Mega Drive games just had the exact same ROMs as the American versions. So if they get put in a machine and it goes, oh, this is a PAL game, and starts loading it, but it's outputting 60 hertz, it will just play them at 60 hertz. Oh. So it will play them exactly the same as the American versions, which is what happens with this. Um, apparently I need to watch out for some carts that were optimised for PAL regions, though, because if you play them through 60 hertz, they'll play too fast. But um, everything I've tried has been fine. Like Rocket Knight Adventures, like I... I saw someone listing that Rocket Knight Adventures was optimised for power regions, and I played that on a power Mega Drive. It is not. No way. That game's really slow. Playing this thing, though, super sharp and nice. Huh. Um, it's a 1080p console, which means that scaling can be a little bit wonky on it, because the thing is with scaling is that 720p is a really good resolution for these things, because you take 240p signal, it multiplies evenly into yeah. 720p. It doesn't into 1080p. 4K is the next resolution that's great for a retro game, which yeah. I wish they would start doing some stuff for. Well, that's one of the things I was going to ask you about, was that it does 1080p, but... You I won't mean, go to 4K. FPGAs aren't really powerful enough to do 4K. Uh, okay. the new, the new, so the new Raspberry Pi, there isn't a dedicated RetroPi software for it, but yeah, it outputs all, at 4K. Yeah, that's and, all emulation stuff, so they'll be upscaling like crazy. Well, it's there are people that create... So basically, you know, like, um, with the new Raspberry Pi, because it's not got a RetroPi actual mm. build for it yet, you have to use Linux distros, and then you get a Linux-based distro that's dedicated to it. So it's quite, it's kind of like a virtual misty. You get, like, the distro that's software-based emulation, mm. but it's dedicated to that device. So there are certain things that run really well, like the Dreamcast stuff that they've got. When you bump that up to when you bump that up to the right resolution, it runs fantastically. Mm-hmm. So 1440. So if you're on at 1440, which is just 720p times two, that runs perfectly through a mm-hmm. Raspberry Pi somehow. Um, and I was looking at some of the stuff, and like you say, the 
the difference between software emulation and hardware emulation is if that's reading and registering and then running stuff at 60 or 50, depending on power and TSC, with emulation, it's different. It uses the BIOS well, the and the BIOS structure like, you offer. The thing is, with an FPGA console and like using the proper Mega Drive core and everything, yeah. the games will run with the same compatibility as a regular console. I've only come across one game that has a compatibility issue and it's a really weird Con, um, Codemasters cart. Is it James Pond 2? No, no, there's EA made Co- James Pond. Oh, yeah, sorry, so did. Um, basically, there's a Codemasters Fantastic Dizzy Cosmic Spacehead double yeah, cart. Yeah, tell me about this, yeah. I've got, which, to change games, you're supposed to press reset to switch games. Yeah. But I'm imagining, because this is running in a digital va- va- way, because I'm pretty sure the way that actually reset the game was with a full-blown power surge. Like, it basically used the power surge of resetting the Mega Drive if to you, flick the games. It has a menu, doesn't it, this? Yeah, but there's no no way to tweet. I've done. I've tried all sorts, but you can't get that cart switch. So menu, only if, you to reset, space if you were to reset the cart in menu, does that not switch? No, because no, I'm pretty sure the way it worked on the original Mega Drive was it required that power surge to basically flick it to the next ROM. Like it was doing something that's not standard and not meant to happen. Um, I don't know if Kevtris has got a way of making it work, but because he's made the he made sure the um, other games that have done stuff like that work, like the X Men game that has the Mojo reset bit yeah um things like that but other than that everything's like playing perfectly um it really like there's like practically no input lag whatsoever which considering i've got a wireless controller attached to it and it's upscaling images to hd it's like doing actual hd display and everything on a flat screen lcd screen like there's no feeling of input delay at all it's a lot more snappier than what it was on the old retron 5 which is like six years old almost now or something isn't it which is getting on a bit and it's like That was fine as it was, just not a particularly well-made system, but it did, you know, if you want something to output HD graphics and everything, retro games in HD, it did it fine, but this is much better. Um, It was good for a little while. The problem I had with the Retro 5 was just that I had loads of compatibility issues with random random carts, and then when you did, like... Well, like my copy of X-Mutants, which is a bit of an obscure game, won't work on a Retro 5. It'll load up, but it won't load the character, so you can't do anything. The character doesn't appear. My (laughs) Japanese... A version of um, Ghostbusters 2, you know, the the top-down one? Yeah. Well, I tried playing that through the Retron 5. worked fine for the first two levels, and then it stopped rendering stuff properly. Yeah. So I tried... Copy running... Ghostbusters 2 works. Yeah, but you've got the UK one, haven't New you? New Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I've got the Japanese cart, so it's all Japanese text and stuff. It just had a weird rendering. You've got the Famicom one, haven't you? The um, one that was basically the old Apple... I've got that one, too. Yeah. I've got both of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I've got the Apple 2 one, and I've got... The Apple 2 one, I've got the black... The black Famicom cart, yeah. and then the Game Boy one. I've got the boxed copy of the Japanese Game Boy, yeah. Ghostbusters Two, which is the um, How Laboratories one. Yeah, that's the, the new Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, um, but yeah, good. it stopped rendering probably on there. And then when I tried it through one of the dedicated, the small dedicated ones, you know, the little box ones that mm. my mate had, worked fine. Yeah, so it's it's that's emulation like, though, isn't it? It's a yeah, it's emulation software not always being one hundred percent correct. I tried updating it and everything, and it just didn't yeah. want to do it. But um, I sold mine yeah, in the end. It's really good though. The the scaling options in there, like they have basic scaling at first, so you have four times scaling, four point yeah. five and well, it goes two, four, and eight, doesn't it? Well, no, because two would be tiny. But it still does two. Like most most things do two, four, and eight. It still be a tiny little cube in the screen. You need yeah, to upload yeah. at least four times to make it. Depends on the visible. resolution you've got to set, right? Well, no, because your resolution is going to be ten eighty p. Oh, right, so if you yeah. keep it at 1080p, because where you were mentioning 720p before, I thought you meant like That's like, yeah. 720p. If you had a two-time scaling at 720p... You can change the resolution the on it, but it's always going to be up, you know, internally. It's yeah, going to be yeah. taking a 240p game and upscale. It has to 
bump it up, upscale it to whatever it needs. But um, the 4.5 uses integer scaling, so you get a little bit of shimmering on it. But if you take it to five times, which is a perfect nice square scale, um, it, you'll lose a little bit of the top and bottom of the screen. But that's the what happens with 1080p. It's like yeah. it's not the right scale. So you have to kind of choose what you prefer. You can dial in settings and move stuff around. You can choose to have perfectly square pixels, which will get rid of the um, scaling the shimmering effect that you get with integer scales, but you'll have the image not looking how it should look because sprites on a CRT were stretched slightly to fit mm. a CRT. Yeah. So a lot of games will take this into account. Like if you looked at like Castlevania Bloodlines, the moon in the background should be a perfect circle. But it if you play it on a square pixels, it will look oval. So it'll look a little bit wrong, stuff like that. Um, that's usually the way to check what resolution you're playing at is the ovals. Um, comes with a Mars System adapter as well. Yep. yep. Um, Mars System games you can happily bump up to five times scale because Mars Systems never rendered that much of the top and bottom of the screen. They're always a little bit wider than like a NES game was. So you can safely do that. It also did the FM sound stuff with Mars System carts. So if you've got any of the Mars System carts that have FM sound in Japan, which was still left on the carts when they came out in UK and US, it'll play the FM sound, which is quite a neat little bonus. Um, Although I do think the adapter is a little bit like, it's a little bit tight on the cartridges. Like I thought at first they were not sitting, they were sitting too loose because I pushed them in and I was like, that's about as far as it's going. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not playing any of the games. But then I just got one of them and I it was like wobbling. I was like, I just thought, oh, okay, I'm going to give it a bit of a push and see what happens. And it, goes, and it actually pushes right the way in to oh, the cart okay. slot. And then I was like, oh, okay, now it's working. It was just that it felt like it had stopped. Oh, so it's like a newly manufactured part where it's just like... It's, it's a bit stiff, a bit yeah. Stiff, yeah. I had to loosen it up a little bit. But I was playing Castle of Illusion and Asterix on it. And fuck stuff. Um, I need to get Sonic Hedgehog 2 on it. I think my Sonic card's dirty, though. I need to get some cleaning one-up oh, cards. Just, do you want... Um, if you want to use the isopropyl... Yeah, is it 95% IPA? It's 99 or something stupid like that. It's like I might really... Drink it. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We need an eraser. A little bit of isopropyl alcohol, wipe it down off, was getting a razor and go over it. Well, then do that. You can yeah. do it. Don't worry. But, um, um, yeah, I bought like two litres of this shit, didn't I? Because I was cleaning those laptops and selling them. All the customization on this is great. You can mess with the colours. It's yeah. got it's got scaling and scan lines if you're one of those freaks like who to, use friggin' doesn't it have, you can, like, pixel blurring and shit. It as well? no, I don't think so. No? Oh, okay. No. Maybe there's another one. But um, yeah, it's got all those pixel blurring filters and stuff if you're a heathen. Um, I've seen people complaining to YouTubers online if they don't use um, scan lines. And I don't think people get, especially with us British ones, our CRTs didn't have scan lines like no, that. No, I don't know why you'd want them We had anyway. 512 lines. The reason why you've got scan lines on your American games is because there was not as many lines I on the screen. I thought 576 lines for... 512 for UK. It's 480 for America, 512 oh, no, for... 476. What ran at 576? Old monitors. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Progressive scan, But whatever. We yeah. had more lines, so we didn't have scan lines. Yeah. So, yeah, so up yours. You, your games look wrong. Yeah. Sort it out. Neither did Japan. They had the same resolution as us. Yeah. Um, they also, didn't they work on PAL as well? No, it was NTSC. But it was the same, they had the same amount of scan lines. It was 50 hertz, but it was it was 60 hertz. But it yeah. was like a PAL amount of scan line. Um, but no, there's, the scaling options is on it. The, all this stuff you can tweak. You can change the audio so it sounds like different generations of Mega Drive. Oh, really? Um, so you, you can you oh, can tweak it as a well. Really janky Brazilian one in there. You can mess it up. You can Mega you can, Five or whatever. It you was. can mess with all the audio stuff. Like you can not just bass and stuff like that, but you can. Um, what's that frigging term? 
that some games would use to make an echo type effect ladder. Um, you can mess with that. So like certain oh, okay. hits will have a echo behind it as such, which was used in some games. Used in Sonic, wasn't it? The drilling noise. It was um, Afterburner does a lot of that. Like you get an Afterburner tune yeah. just right. Um, but yeah, you play them side by side from the original Mega Drive. It sounds fine. I haven't. Emulation never gets the sound quite right. No, you've always got that weird thing on the bass. Retro Arc is usually the closest, but yeah, it's like it's up and down. It really is up and down. Like mm-hmm. you, if you get um, snares for some reason, they're way easier to emulate the sound. Yeah, because it had a regular sound chip, and they didn't yeah. have to change their sound. We've... The thing is with Mega Drive is they had the Yamaha thing and the Zilog Z80 in there yeah um, processing audio and stuff like that but part way through when they changed the models they changed the sound chip so people mm. have different memories of what the sound sounds like but there was also like some whole legal thing where you're not allowed to actually copy how those sound chips work so it's all like some rule or whatever so it's all has to be tuned and they've done a really good job of it on this yeah um, one of the filters turns everything into a weird negative effect, which is a bit odd. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, just there for fun. You can change the colour balance, so you can bump up red, blues, greens and whatever if you really want to mess up the image, you know, if you're a weirdo. They should have one where it's like slightly saturated with really deep blacks to emulate like mm. one of those you can, cheap CRT TVs. There's all sorts of stuff you can do though, like um, so you have limited and full colour RGB range and stuff like mm. that, like... Like all sorts of all sorts of stuff, but yeah, um, it's a really exciting concert, and I mean, like, I can see why it exists. Yeah. I think that not many people know it exists. Is it's one done of the pretty things. well, I think. Has it really? Yeah, I mean, um, they always collectors. sell out, but they only sell they only like make like five hundred, don't they? So it's yeah, it's more than that, really. Yeah, they, no. they're around. a lot of people have them. They're just it's just it's a collector's thing, isn't it? It's not yeah. going to sell in a shop. It's only through Analog's website. It's the only way you can get them. Well, I think that's the best way to do it, isn't yeah. it? Because you don't need to worry. I mean, about... I'd block it if they just got a UK distributor. If they could just send a few. To Funstock or something. Ask them to be one. Yeah. Although saying that, the delivery was super quick. Yeah. Like, I ordered Friday night at about 11pm, so it was almost closing time for them. Obviously, not going to do anything over the weekend, but they dispatched it, like, Monday morning yeah. from Texas, and it arrived here Wednesday morning. So it's pretty fast by FedEx. Didn't get hit by the import tax. No. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to get a bill in a few days, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no. It's a really good console. I'm frigging well happy with it. Um, I need some... I need some non-UK games to play on it. I've got some in my... I've got some... Are you actually... You're the box. You're the box of mystery foreign games. Yeah. Have I? There's yeah. all SNES ones in there. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Can't believe, walk away. I believe that... The only US game I've got is um, the copy of Fantasia I have for some reason has a US cart in it. Oh, God. Don't bring your box over. It's disgusting. Yeah, there's loads in there. Uh, oh. Red Zone. Yeah. you got... Oh... American version of Shaq. That's no, not, that's a regular. Is it the UK? No, it's a EA cart. Oh, there you go. Combat cars? Yeah, that's just that's just an accolade cart. Jungle Strike. These aren't foreign because they're fun, funny shape. They're Dragon's just... Revenge. That one's American. It says Genesis. Oh, I've got some more here. Okay. Uh, Spider Man. It's Genesis. Um, no, the Shaq 3 one is yeah. American. It does say Genesis on it. Uh, oh, that's Mega Drive. That's a really weird jungle book. I'm just covering my. Tabling. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fatal Fury. Yeah. Oh, shit. There you go. Fatal Fury. Feel free to give those a go. I mean, I can't Spider-Man. read that. Spider-Man's the one to play. The bit on the top says, um, Gary, you go, goes, go. Yeah, it's like Mark the Wolf. It's not Mark the Wolf, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Garu Den Setsu. Oh. Well, yeah, Garu Mark the Wolf, I thought, but... Din... So yeah, so feel free to... Yeah, it is. That Gary Densessi. Legend of the Wolf. Yeah. There you go, mate. But 
Yeah, yeah. You wanted to try some different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that might be a repro. So disgusting. I don't know for sure. Yeah. That might be the original though, because I know that Virgin carts are all fucked up. Maybe. Don't know. Someone's opened it. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you got some play out of those. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That game's terrible. That's good. Fucking awful. The Mega CD one was better. Last Battle. No, the Mega CD That works with a Mega CD and it comes with a little spacer so it sits on the... What? Last Battle? Because it's... No, the Mega Mega SG. Because it's smaller, isn't it? So it doesn't sit on the Mega Mega SG, on the Mega CD properly. So it's got a little spacer. Sonic 1, Streets Mm. of Rage and Revenge of Shinobi. It it won't work with a 32X. You don't have the more, you can't, do you? I've got got a bunch of other ones. I've got the original ones. Um, that is the original one. No, this was always free games on the original. No, this is the better version. This came out later. This is the better version. Mm. Of free- it's got- that oh. one doesn't have the Italian 1990 theme as the menu music, so it's inferior. No, it's not because it's got it's got six games. It plays the music from Columns. Yeah, but it's got six games. It may not have the Italian. 1990 oh, they theme. took they took Golden Axe out and replaced it with Sonic One. They put Sega Soccer instead of Italian 1990. Yeah. Outrageous. Different games. Super Monaco GP. You can't use a Mega 32X on it because it doesn't have analog output and you need to put the analog out. You have that connector. But they have released a thing called an analog DAC, which if you plug the HDMI into it, you can run the analog into the 32X and it'll work that way. Jesus Christ. Or just jailbreak it and plug Mega Drive carts, Mega 32X carts in. Um, They've also released a nice um, adapters for Game Gear and stuff as well. But I won't get them. Can't bother. I haven't got any of those games. Anyway, Mega SG. It's really frigging good console. I'm going to break it, and I'm going to break it. How are you going to break it? I don't know. It'll just happen. It'll happen. I'll do something. Anyway, you review a thing, because you've got your last thing. All right, I'm going to review my last thing. Uh, so you reviewed Harley Quinn and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, but, like, let's face it, I didn't really review Sonic the Hedgehog, did I? So, who cares? Oh, God. Um, I can't believe you don't like Sonic. And look, you've got this pinball game. Dragon's Revenge pinball. Ten Gen. Genesis. Ten Gen. Tengen. Um, anyway, so yeah, my last review this week is going to be a film that literally came out yesterday. No, sorry, sorry, it's wrong. Came out Friday. Um, Guns Akimbo. Oh. Guns Akimbo. Um, all right, so straight off the bat, I'm going to talk about some controversy first, and then we're going to talk about the film. There isn't any controversy. There is some controversy. Apparently, the, the director's a racist and an arsehole. Yeah. I didn't know this before watching the film, and also I've been looking forward to this film for quite some time because I like Daniel Radcliffe. I'm a big fan of Horns and and, and um, Swiss Army Man and Jungle and all the weirder films that he's done since since Harry Potter. He just sort of, like, um, I know that... He just does what he wants now. He's got he just does whatever the fuck he wants. And he did, mm. like, he's done some really interesting films. Like, he did the whole thing about the FBI agent being infiltrating the Nazis before Black Klansman. He did that. And um, and that was that was really decent. I thought he threw in a really good performance there, but a lot of people mm. didn't like it. Um, like I said, Swiss Army Man, he played a dead guy the whole film. Um, you had Horns, that was the um, the screen adaptation of the Joe Hill, um, Stephen King book. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you've got Guns Akimbo, which is the story of a... What's the best way of putting this? I don't want to insult all the incels in one go, but let's let's give it a go. Um, he is a QA tester for a for a online mobile game, a bit like Candy Crush, where it's designed just to steal parents' money while kids play. It's like an addictive yeah. mobile game. He initially wanted to get into video games and be a producer and be a creator, and he just didn't couldn't do it. Um, and instead he ended up being QA, which is fine. He's being paid well and he finds himself enjoying the work and he basically goes through forums and deletes comments and like basically tries to keep the image of the game quite kid-friendly at the same time. He sort of tries to protect the image of himself. But 
he has this righteous condemnation against people that are online trolls, all these people that say horrible shit online. He loves fighting with them. And it's just, mm. it's just, it, he's one of those people that, that's definitely stronger behind a keyboard than he is in person because he's quite a weak old person. Recently broke up with his girlfriend and he has started to get into Schism, which is like this online uh, battle royale where people from the real world adopt to join this program and then they just go around killing each other. And mm. the police are kind of powerless to stop it because they're already there's a lot of people it's basically like near future so it's like slightly dystopian but not quite dystopian yeah. so police still exist but they're incredibly overworked there's less of them it's a less well paid position so people don't really want to do it and schism is basically people killing themselves it's suicides so it's trying to keep track of people that just meet up in these random locations and kill each other and then move on or like there's multiple incidents of this happening all over the world and it is it is shown on the internet so you'd think that there'd be a way of managing it but because resources are so slim on the ground they just don't seem to do that hmm. Um, so Daniel Radcliffe plays this character. I think his name is Harry. Um, and he essentially is a fan of Schism, but he's a fan of going into the forums while Schism's on and being like, oh, you're so fucking tough behind your keyboard, but you really can't. Uh, you, you know, you want to say all this shit online, but you're such a fucking idiot and you're a perv. And the only reason you talk this way is because you, you fantasize about, you fetishize this stuff. You know, the normal shit that you hear every day now because the internet's mm. a horrible fucking place. Um, and he says this to the wrong person. It turns out he says it to the creators of Schism who are kind of getting sick of their newest superstar named Nyx, who is just killing everyone that they send after her. It's played by Samara Weaving. Mm. Um, she has some backstory where she was a very young girl. She was put into different institutions, and they just didn't fit. And then by the time she was 13, she was committing crimes and being put into other institutions for criminally insane people. Mm. Um, and it, it seems like she's gotten involved in the schism, and it's the perfect fit for her and a perfect outlet for her rage. Um Anyway, Harry is, is, um, is, his door is knocked on one day by the people that he's been insulting. It turns out they are the creators of Schism. They're there to chuck him into the game against his will so that he, you know, is forced to fight Nyx and she is aware of him and tries to kill him in return. Um, turns out that, you know, that's probably quite hard to force someone to fight. So to make sure that he has no option but to fight, they take two guns, put, like large, you know, like those ammo, like extended clips you get in like yeah. videos and stuff. And they staple, not staple, they bolt them to his hands. So he has a big metal bolt running through the middle of his hand, linking one gun to it, and then bolts through all of his fingers so he can't move them from the triggers. Mm. And then he's yeah. got the actual clips are attached to his arms, like to each side. And each one is named, one's lefty, one's right, and they both have 50 bullets. And he wakes up in a situation where he's essentially just in a dressing gown with a t-shirt and a pair of boxers. And holding these guns. And yeah. the first thing he has to do is answer his phone, which is not impossible because he can't move his fingers, can't do anything with it. So he's like basically just like picking up with his guns and tapping his nose against it to answer mm-hmm. calls and then dropping it in his pocket. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to have to get used to this. Um, <laughs> then he tries to put trousers on, can't put trousers on, tries to take a piss. And like the whole time he's like, don't pull the trigger, don't pull the trigger, don't pull the trigger. He's taking his dick and go for a piss. You know, little bits like that are quite fun. Mm. And then it eventually gets to the point where Samara Weaving turns up and she's like, well, I'm going to fuck you up because they've got apps that link them to each other. So you can basically see he's got on his phone as well, which we find out later. You can see where other players are and it's just a hunt each other down like a battle royale. It is just essentially yeah. a battle royale on a city wide scale. Um, but you've got like focused targets. So anyone can try and take down Nyx or take down Harry, but they are focused on killing each other. And there is a reason. Schism have sort of orchestrated it so that if Harry kills her, 
he'll be released from the game. They'll unbolt the guns from his hands and then let him go. If she kills him, they're going to wipe her criminal record so that she can, like, basically, she's got loads of tags and shit, but, like, just get lasered off and then she can go live a normal life. Mm. Or she can go and do whatever she needs to do. You find out there's more to her later. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to ruin it because it is so new. And although the director is a bad dude and he'll probably gain something from people watching this, I feel like it's going to be on Netflix in a week or it's going to be on Sky Movies or some of the other shit. But it's quite fun. Mm. At least it's as enjoyable as something like this can be. Rice Darby's in it, who yeah. is obviously... Reese Darby. Darby, sorry. He's in Flood of Concords. He's in What what We Do in the Shadows. He's in Jumanji, both the new Jumanji films. Yeah. He's really good as like this homeless guy who who um, gets some of the best lines in the film. One of my favourites are is, um, oh, right, so you're being tracked by the GPS on your phone. And then Harry goes, oh, you like an app coder or something? He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm one of those app coders that basically I was writing some big app and that was fucked over by corporate America. So, you know, I just said, fuck it all. and came and lived down in an alley. He goes, really? I'm really sorry to hear. And he goes, no, fuck no, I'm not. I'm just not an idiot. Everyone knows about fucking GPS at this point. Do you <laughs> want to smoke some crack? And then he proceeds to smoke some crack. Um, and it's just... The initial fun is him finding out ways that he can get around having these guns on him. He eventually does meet right, uh, Reese, and then Reese helps him get dressed and stuff. Hmm. And uh, and and from there, he's like trying to talk to Nick, trying to convince Nick to not kill him, and then at the same time, trying to talk to his ex girlfriend, who eventually gets entangled in everything. He finds out that the app can be turned on and off. His friend programs it so that basically in Android you have permissions, and you can allow or disallow the permissions so that you can yeah. turn it on and off. Um, he accidentally shoots a cop and then tries to help the cop and there's other cops. It's all very gory, very fun. Um, I think to say don't watch it because the director's a bad dude kind of does a disservice to everyone who's in it because they're all kind of great. Uh, as I said, Reese Darby kind of steals the scenes that he's in. Um, but Dar- Daniel Radcliffe is... The physicality of Daniel Radcliffe in this is quite good. There's a moment where uh, Samara Weaving's in his apartment and he's got this nerd memorabilia and he's like, please don't shoot all my, my, all my rare shit at least. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? And in the, in the moment where she puts her guns down where she says, are you fucking kidding me? Hits the control so guns start firing on the TV. And then he jumps out a window. And then as he jumps out the window, he looks down, there's a fire escape and he's like, I gotta get down here quick. So he sort of starts walking and then just slips and then you just watch a stunt, <laughs> stunt double slide all the way down this metal staircase to the <laughs> ground. 20 foot and then it cuts to and it does the great gag that we've seen a million times where he's got the dumpster at the bed of the of the stairs but obviously when he gets to the bottom he just sort of launches a little bit and lands dead dead down on the concrete and gets up and starts <laughs> walking again um, and it like uh, it, I think that I think it's probably evident that it's quite kinetic it's quite it's quite um, hyper realised and everything's a bit silly and stuff like that and it, it does occasionally draw stuff back and try to make stuff um, a bit more realistic but it doesn't really succeed in that especially towards the end there's a, a comment about massive blood loss and how it makes everything seem like this big finale. So you get that sort of Deadpool moment. You remember when Deadpool's got the knife in his head and he starts seeing unicorns and he hears the music and stuff in the end of the first yeah. one? You get one of those sorts of moments, but then it pulls you back in and says, well, actually, what's happening is I'm losing so much blood, my body's going into shock. So when your girlfriend sees you pistol whip someone to death with guns that are stapled to your hand, they actually get PTSD. <laughs> so what I'm seeing is this woman running over and being like, I love you, I love you. It's like, this is my body telling me what I want to see just before I die. She's actually over there cowering, scared out of her mind because I've just murdered a person. And it's like, it's one of those moments where I was like, I was like, oh, cool. They're not going to force her to be with this dude who's quite bad. Like, he pretends to be a good guy, but you can see that, like, he's very quick to violence once he's like, oh, you're on my side and I'm the righteous hammer now, like, literally. There's, and then it's just like, Hmm. but there, 
it's um, we spoke about earlier we spoke about heroes and like how heroes and these things it's always like they're always doing the right thing and they're always going to survive and stuff like that genuinely thought he was going to die multiple times in this and it was going to become Nix's like, movie because she's such a great character she's yeah. this violent psychopath who is not only strongly like powered by drugs in one scene but is just so physically in this role I don't know if she did it for real and it's just camera tricks but there's a scene where it's one shot constantly flips between two sides of this coke table where people are doing like packaging stuff up and she's literally just pegging bad guys left right for five minutes and it is so kinetic and quick and some of the bits in it are like stuff like she hits a guy with a gun and then he drops down then she shoots him in the dick and then shoots him in the head which is like a signature move she shoots a lot of people in the dick and then the head <laughs> and it's mostly because she ducks so it's easier to shoot him in the dick and then the head as they fall down but like it's like all twisting and it's all moving and I think in another world we got Samara Weaving as Harley Quinn because as good a job as Margot Robbie does, I kind of feel like Samara Weaving sells it better. And I think that's partly coming from her more horror-based background. Because I don't know if you've seen stuff like Ready or Not, but she throws herself into Ready or Not. Like, there's loads of shit where she's like... Like, there's that scene where she gets shot through the hand, and then she's pulling herself... Shot off for real? No, 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 but like... But she gets shot through the hand, and then she's like... She basically tries to climb up out of this pit where they put, like, rotting animal carcasses and shit like that, like, that they um, sacrifice... And she's like pulling herself up. She like sweeps around and puts her hand where there's a hole. She like basically puts the hole over a nail. So the nail pokes on the top of her hand and drags herself up. And she's just screaming, snot covered, blood covered woman, just dragging herself up over the thing. And there's just something about like, I don't know what it is about scream queens and people rise up from that environment, but they do just seem like knock down, drag out. Like they play those characters so well. You've got people like Bruce Campbell's lived off it. Yeah, and you've got like people like Lucy Lawless like she transitioned so well into that because Xena is basically just knocked down drag out like let's fight this shit out mm. and I think there's just that weird physicality that I I can see her doing something involving superhero movies soon I reckon that she is going to be a big thing um, and like isn't I said she in, isn't she in the New Mutants no who's the girl in that not the one from Game of Thrones Maisie Williams uh, I can't remember oh name. you're thinking of Blonde lass in that. Yeah, it's not Samara weaving it. Sort of magical swords. Yeah, it's um What was she in? It wasn't Hannah. Films. Yeah, she's been in films, but she was like a young actress, wasn't she? She's yeah. grown up in she's grown up being in a few things. But no, it's not Samara But anyway, yeah, um uh, Guns Kimber, like it's like I said, bad director dude, and it's not quite there. It's mm not unfocused it has like a narrative it knows where it wants to go it knows how it wants to do it and it knows that it wants to have these action beats and stuff like that I just feel like um, some of the some of the graphics and some of the the plot lines could be sharpened up and not everyone who's not the main characters has to be an asshole. that's kind of the thing like if it's someone who has more than three or four lines yeah that's a director's worldview coming into it yeah it very much is like a director who it's it's basically someone who who sort of says person who he's only an arsehole because he thinks everyone else is an arsehole. Yeah, I, yeah, I can very much see this guy being one of those people that's like gender cri- critical. Like mm-hmm. they go and they put in their bio like these are my pronouns. These are the pronouns I was born. With. Like anti-trans people mm-hmm. that pretend that they're on the side of good, but really they're just like bigots in a different yeah. way. Um, but no, but like again, it would really be doing a disservice to like Samara Weaving, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, Reese Darby like they are so good in this hmm. Daniel Radcliffe again he is just one of those people knocked down drag out like he gets fucked up for films I don't know no one saw Jungle but Jungle was the one where he got lost in like the Aztec Jungle following um, 
famous actors that I can't remember the name of anyway. But he plays like a Polish guy that's like going on an adventure with these guys mm. traveling in the 80s. And it's based on a true story. And he, towards the like last 20 minutes, he loses like three, four stone. And he's not like a big guy anyway. No. And he, they find him and he's literally skeletal, covered in mud on this beach where he's like hidden in his Aztec jungle. And the only way he can stop the sun burning him is by covering himself in mud. And there's like nothing to him. There's like a scene a few minutes before that where he finds like a lump on his arm that's like an abscess and it hurts to like flex his hand. He's like, oh God, why is that? And so he takes a knife and he cuts it and he pulls out like a leak, like a parasite. Hmm. And it's just, nice. fun. and it's just the way that there's like, he did it for real. No, 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 he didn't do it for oh. real, but it's mostly practical effects. If it, was a ma- if it was a real method actor or something, <laughs> they would have put a parasite it's in It's mostly it. practical effects and he just sells it. Like it, he sells a lot of the shit that he's in, like even Horns. Yeah. Horns has a really good ending to it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, again, bad director, okay-ish film I'd probably recommend this like I could watch this happily again if I was drunk hmm. like this is the kind of thing I could watch with friends and just be like yeah it's pretty good yeah. it's a bit like um, it's like a uh, imagine if Deadpool was just half Deadpool like like half the quality of the original Deadpool because oh. I think the original Deadpool is quite good for those super manic super you know untethered action films that's great this is like half the quality of that yeah. this is about one call to the budget even less than that, I think. Yeah. Probably probably less than that. Like, the only reason that I think that this has got any sort of notice is because two years ago when they filmed it, that image leaked of Daniel Radcliffe with the two guns and the dressing gown and the bare feet. Yeah. And I knew about it a little bit before then because Samara Weaving, because she was in Ash vs. Evil Dead and she was just doing Ready or Not. And there's mm. also... Um, oh, there's another film that she was in, Mayhem, with Stephen mm. Yeun. Yeah. Which was released 27... No, it was written, directed in 2017 and then released 2018. There was the Shudder one. I think it was Shudder. Yeah, it was Shudder. It was released specifically on there. And, um, and like, she was just one of those people that kept popping up and things like that. Mm. Like, Gorehound. Like, proper, like, nothing screen better queen. to do. Yeah. No, just, just being in movies. Just great fucking roles in these really, really good, like, she must love, like, horror action, gory violence stuff. Cause it's like, it seems like, oh, and, uh, the, the babysitter. Again, another film where she plays someone who's infinitely cool and then violence around her is just like full on bloodshed nightmares. And has that great, that great... And you think she's going to go to the height of cinema, which is superhero movies. Well, no, that's like... <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think that when we think about cinema, we don't think about it the same way as other people do. Like, you've got people that do shit for a paycheck. And you've got people that do shit for their own passion. And, mm. like, she's doing passion shit now. There will definitely be a paycheck in there somewhere. Mm. Keeps doing the stuff that gets noticed little, like, little bits... There's going to be a page. Like, I mean, look at how the directors are chosen for Marvel. They choose their actors in a similar way. Brie Larson, The Room, Captain Marvel. Hmm. Like, she did The Room, Don John. She did some bit parts in The League. Can you name other stuff that she's done before Captain Marvel? She's in Scott Pilgrim versus The there World. There you go. She had a bit part in Scott she Pilgrim. She was in, um, she's in Mean Girls, actually. She's in Mean Girls, yeah. yeah she's a background. Mean Girls, no, she yeah. She's a background, background. character. Okay. Um, Lizzie McGuire TV series is I've lived with Lizzie McGuire something else I know exactly. my like, Brie Larson stuff tiny little bits tiny little bits it's like there was oh, no goodness. like big but I see the same sort of tra- mm. like trajectory and I can see her being like really good in sadly not Carol Danvers she used to be Brie Hope Larson people forgot she lost the hope well she used to be a singer yeah she was like she's a, a singer she's, she's, a a mold, she's a plat- mold, platinum artist she's a director as well now she's done all sorts the unicorn store with yeah. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> She's really good friends with Samuel L. Jackson. It's a very sweet relationship, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Everyone's friends with Samuel L. Jackson. He's this really nice guy, isn't he? Yeah. It's like Chris Evans. Everyone's friends with Chris Evans and Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. No one talks to Chris Pratt, though. No one does, no. Because 
He's well, they used weird. to, but then he got really weird and conservative. Yeah, yeah. People found out he was one of them strange guys. Well, it's not like like uh, it's it's such a weird thing. I'm not defending the guy. I uh, it's more his church that people have a problem with because there's LGBTQ teachings there. They're yeah. very anti-LGBTQ. And I think that any church that's like that, um, obviously religion is a weird thing. Hmm. It doesn't really change or advance with times, even though it should. And it did up until the, up until the, well, not the Victorian times, but just before the Victorian times at the end of the Dark Ages, we changed religion a lot. Hmm. I mean, from the Dark Ages too, like the, the, the cusp of the Victorian times, we changed religion. Religion was based on the, the king, the queen at the time. Henry VIII rewrote religion so they could get divorced. Right. Protestants were created. Started a new religion. Yeah, Protestantism was created by him. Church Roman, of England. Roman Catholicism. That's a whole different different sect of religion and somehow still retains it. I like the way people say, I'm British, I'm Christian. Yeah, you're a Roman Catholic. Hmm. They come from Britain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're the capital of Britain, Rome. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, but yeah, Guns Gimbo. Um, I give it a... I give it a Tom Cruise. He's Loads of manic energy and sometimes some great shit, but sometimes oblivion. Some of oblivion. Real bad film. Everyone loves that film. Sometimes a vanilla sky. Well, uh, vanilla sky is all right. Sometimes you got your eyes wide shut. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a national treasure. <laughs> In national treasure free, the mm. mummy too. <laughs> I got bandages on my hands now. I brought my best friend back from the dead. I got bandage hands. You didn't see the new mummy, did you? No, I couldn't be asked. Uh, missed out. I probably think it's hilarious though, but if I bet I'd be laughing the whole way through it. It's you know what? I actually I'm gonna say it now. Drunk movie, I could watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could get drunk and watch that again. The mummy I could definitely get drunk and watch it again. But there are other films I'd watch first. I'd probably watch this first before I watch that drunk. Yeah. Your turn out? No. Your last review. Oh, finally. It's been two hours. 15 minutes almost. Really? Yeah, you've eaten up all the time. Oh, shut If you're going off topic. I got too excited. Thanks, bud. Cunt. You know I care. Um, I suppose new season of Doctor Who. Yeah, how's that going? Um, whatever season it is. Now, 13 or 46. They, they can never decide. Um, so yeah, new Doctor Who. I, you know, you got, it's, it's fun. It's alright. Bit shaky series. It's had some good stuff. It looks a million dollars because they really are spending the budget on Doctor Who now. They're like making it look really top notch. Um, Being smart with their budget. Although they do seem to be spending a hell of a lot of time in quarries and fields in the last two series. Um, And then then, then they do their odd uh, episode just set entirely inside a house just to avoid shooting outside. Got to save money. Got a bottle episode. Um, But yeah, there's some rocky episodes. an episode called Orphan 55 which was like one of these, you know, if we're not careful, the Earth's going to be destroyed and there's going to be aliens everywhere killing, you know, in the wastelands. It's like supposed to be a holiday resort planet. It's yeah. like it's like a holiday resort built on a dead planet. Oh, cool. So it's like like his own self-contained thing that people so go like to. So like Yeah. Um, but it's like, turns out the dead planet is Earth. Um, and it wasn't a great episode, that one. But a lot of the other ones are really good fun. There was one where they, um, they go to visit Mary Shelley. She's yeah. Doctor Who's trying to cheer everyone up because they've had a bit of a rough time. So she's like, hey, so who wants to meet Frankenstein? So they go and um, visit Mary Shelley the night she got the inspiration to make Frankenstein. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. And it's a really good episode with some weird shit's going on. The house is reforming around them. It's like like it's all some quantum weird shit. Like doors are disappearing and there's people appearing like ghosts, like a haunted house. 
Um, although the ghost ends up not being explained. And Bradley Walsh is like, what about the ghost woman? She just sort of turned up and was here. He says, what ghost? What are you on about? That's nothing to do with what was going on here. Huh? Mm. Um, turns out it was a Cyberman going on, but they don't find out what happened to the ghost. It's like this mystery plot thread that's just left dangling. Like there was, oh, there was a ghost there. What? Oh. No one else witnessed it apart from Bradley Walsh. Um, <laughs> Good old Bradders. Um, there's some, yeah, there's some really fun episodes this series. I liked, um, a lot of people didn't like the Nikola Tesla one. I thought it was quite fun. Nikola Tesla episode. Was it played by David Bowie? No, because David Bowie's dead. I may be dead, no, baby. They got, um, come back. Can't replayed him. The guy looks like Paul McGann. One of the previous doctors. Paul McGann? It wasn't Paul McGann, but he Oh, looks the like ginger him. guy? No. Oh, the one who played Van Gogh. Paul McGann was freaking... No, no, I mean like the ginger guy who played Van Gogh in no, Doctor Who. No, He looks a bit like Paul McGann. No, he doesn't. But Scottish. No, he doesn't. He's also the bad guy in Underworld 2. Yeah. No, but... Um, Electric Boogaloo. Um, yeah, it's, they've managed to do two seasons now without relying on the Daleks, which is good. Because yeah. they always pull back. Like, they have relied on the Cybermen for the last three episodes, but I'll, I'll allow them that. I like the idea of an enemy that... <laughs> I mean, I... I want Doctor Who to keep coming up with new... Aliens and new monsters. It don't want it to always be. The thing is with some of the previous years ones, especially like when it was um, Russell T Davis doing it, yeah. was that they constantly kept going. Oh, here's the Daleks, and how are we going to beat that yeah. next year? It's the Daleks and Cybermen have teamed up together, and like, all this sort of I, stuff. Here's the Weeping Angels again. My problem is that I really like the idea of Cybermen. It just they've never evolved past what they would look like in the 1950s. They keep changing them. They've done all sorts of them. Yeah, no, I know, but they're always just like that blank, like. I've done all sorts. The Frankenstein one was quite cool. Because he was like, half his face is out and he's got like, a, his one arm's not cyberized, oh, really? it's a human arm. So he's like a, that, you know, Spider-Man. Shelley got the idea for Frankenstein. Some of my favourite episodes of Doctor Who are things like, do you remember the one where they're on Mars and they've got the, the disease or the virus that can basically make, it's like a hive mind? There was the one where they... Um, was it the moon or was it Mars? There was a Mars one where they had, which basically they like they were adapting Doom. Yeah. It was a gateway to hell. Yeah. And they actually used Doom sound effects in it. Like, people don't seem to pick up on that one. I really that like they it. were quite clearly, whoever did that episode. I like that was episode. I like the Doom. one with the Doctor's Daughter where they had the Weeping Angels, but they were on a... They forgot about her. Have they? <laughs> yeah. I like the one where they had the Weeping Angels, but they were on the thing. I liked... Um, I did like the one where uh, it was David Tennant. It was his partner at the time who was transformed into a Cyberman. Cyberman, but it was like a woman. And she still had her, she was crying and shit. Like, that wasn't David Tennant. Is that not David That was Peter Capaldi. It was the end of the last series. Was it Peter Capaldi? Yeah, Bill Potts gets turned into a side man. Oh, there you go, there you go. And, and then they was... like, sort of rewrite all so that it didn't happen. No, she, um, she the water, a- water alien person from the start of the series makes her the same as her and they travel through the stars together as a yeah. lesbian couple. Because she's dead. But um, I but like yeah, Bill like, Potts. I- I think that there that was is... two seasons ago. Yeah, I think there's a lot that you can do with the concept of Doctor Who that the time-travelling stuff is great because I like the idea of people or aliens or other influences trying to stop historical moments from happening and the Doctor experiencing them, but also... They don't, that's the thing. The the last few seasons, all the old ones with Chip, um, Stephen Moffat and Russell T Davis were doing, loads of people seem to love a lot of that, but it bothers me that whenever they do a historical episode, it's another Dalek episode. They yeah. never do like... I didn't ever like the Daleks. The only really good historical episode, I think, out of a lot of that run was the one where they... World War Two. No, it's the one where they go to Pompeii and Pompeii's going to explode yeah. and they're like, we can't rescue these people. They have to, We have to let them die. Yeah. And it's like a whole thing. Um, that was a really good one. I want more historical episodes and this series has done a few of them, which is good. And they've avoided hitting all the bad guys we know about. The only bad guys that turn up that are like, in this series, that have been around before were the Jadoon, who were one of the newer ones anyway. The little the, short guys. No, no, the rhin- no, that's the rhinos. 
Oh, the rhinos. rhinos. Yeah. Sorry, they look similar um, to the because they've got the rubbery. There's a whole bunch of those war ones yeah. that are basically Klingon inserts and Cybermen. Um, the finale was pretty fun. I mean, the Master's back, but that's It's the woman now, isn't it? No. The master's yeah. Sasha Dewan. Oh. You know the guy who's um, the villain in Nine Fist? Yeah. Yeah. What's his face? I can't remember his name. Um, there's a whole mystery where there's a second doctor. Really handsome American dude, right? Yeah. No, he's British. He's a British guy. Asian guy. Remember in the Iron Fist series, he was the um, one who felt like he should have been the Iron Fist and Danny. Yeah, really handsome guy. He's uh, he's British. He's a he's a Is British he? Asian guy. Yeah, Sasha Dewan. Yeah. Um, there's a whole mystery where you, there's an episode where this whole thing builds up where she's been helping this woman and her boyfriend gets killed by some alien and uh, okay, it yeah. turns out um, she's another doctor. And you're like, how come you can't be the doctor? I'm the doctor. I don't remember you. I don't remember you. Ooh, would you come before me or come after? Um, this whole thing. But that's all explained in the finale where they do a massive great big retcon to Doctor Who to um, f- to basically have an excuse to never end the series. Because a few years ago they were at the point where they probably should have ended the series because the Doctor ran out of regenerations and they gave a plot twist to avoid that. And now they never have to do that ever again. They fixed it, I guess. <laughs> Can't explain it. Don't want to spoil it. But it was a big thing. Um, the finale was all right. It was a bit exposition heavy, the finale. But yeah. that, I guess it was the whole point of it was to reveal a certain thing about the Doctor and put a new set of lore into the Doctor Who world. Um, and it was nice to have a finale that wasn't another big main villain is invading London again. Because mm. that happens too often. Um, I just miss the weirder episodes. Like I remember like this Bring stuff- back the Bertie Bassey monster. No, I, I say bring back. Bring, if you want to do bottle episodes, okay, do bottle episodes, but hire someone like... There's always a few the, every series. Yeah. Didn't they have the... Um, who was the guy from... I don't... I fucking hate um, Little Britain, but who was the guy, the chubby bald guy? Oh, Matt Lucas was the assistant in two series. In last series. He was Nardle. He was an assistant. Yeah, I remember the episode he where he was trapped in his house. No, that's... um, That was James Corden. Oh, James Corden. That was it. Yeah. But I liked episodes like that where they were weird. Like he's trapped in his house. Well, there used to be a whole thing with the show where every series there'd be one episode where the Doctor's barely in it. Yeah. And that was one of them. It was like the Doctor only I turns up a couple that. of times in it. Yeah. But it was basically so that the so they can have a break with their main, you know, whoever's playing the Doctor can have a break and they yeah. can go and do something. They didn't do that so much nowadays. They actually have this much more process. But I think they're doing a lot better job because they're, they're leaning heavily into horror and stuff like that. That's what I was hoping for. Like, I like... The, yeah. I, that's what I mean about the whole Mars The episode. Salem like- Witch Trial episode in the last series, like, they had, had um, witch burnings and stuff yeah. going on and it was all like the ground had all these ghosts... The- yeah. Zombie stuff going on. I really fucking liked... I like episodes where there's, like, diseases and stuff where, like, the Doctor's forced to... It, like, I, I don't like the ones where the Doctor's in peril because it's always it always ends up being like the people are like, oh, I've got an idea if we inject him with this. I know. Like, I like the ones where the Doctor's like, I have to say goodbye. I fucking hate this. I can't do this. Mm. I have to say goodbye. When um, Karen Gillum left the series, and there was an episode where she allowed herself to be touched by an angel and he couldn't go and see her again. He couldn't do any yeah. other... He had to say goodbye because Rory left and all the other... Rory was a fucking badly written character for half that series, but Rory left and then he... he like, basically, it was just so they could beat I him. I think they should just bring Rory back, but he's Rip Hunter and they don't explain how he's Rip Hunter. He's not even in fucking that series anymore. No, he turns up every now and again. But I always yeah, thought like, it was funny that they just, like... They couldn't get a Doctor Who to play Rip Hunter, so they got yeah. Rory. <laughs> I mean, fine. He's yeah. not too bad, isn't it? There's a lot of Doctor Who cast turn up in those shows, isn't there? Yeah, they? there is, yeah. Like, a whole bunch of... I mean, friggin' Malcolm Merlin and... Um, Dana Lance's mother and Dana Lance's mum yeah, was Alex Kingston wasn't yeah. it and yeah they've done that a lot but um, yeah the new series it's I just 
It's it's good stuff. There was a couple of rocky episodes, but I think when it hits it, it hits it really good. And yeah. I I really like um, Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who. I see. That's one thing I was going to say is I really like it. Like I liked. I kind of like Peter Cavaldi and I liked his first episode where Peter Cavaldi like, was a really good doctor I liked his first episode where he's like I don't really remember I do remember and then they were fighting what were they like clockwork monster but that was one of the ones that they keep doing when they do regenerations like that first episode with Peter Cavaldi I didn't like much because he couldn't remember anything he was in love well, with a they've done this. Rex. they've done it like multiple times when they do the regeneration episode and it's all like the doctor's all out of sorts and he's yeah. a bit wacky and no one knows who he is yet and he was in love with a T-Rex or something yeah like but that. this one it was more like she just jumped straight in and she's in it and she's not entirely sure who she is yet but she's not been that's, wacky and zany and stuff two times in the last that's series it's been David Tennant and Jerry all of them have it whenever well no David Tennant was just like wasn't it like 10 minutes he was in a coma for half the yeah, episode 10-20 minutes of the episode he was in a coma his hand wasn't was like, growing back or some yeah. shit yeah well he gets his hand cut off and it regenerates yeah. and but um, holy shit! That first I'm just like I'm sorry. My brain is just flushing back with with Doctor Who stuff. I remember the first Christopher Eccleston episode with the mannequins. Yeah, that's a fucking Autons. good episode. Yeah, they've never brought the Autons back. That's yeah. one I would like to see brought back because the Autons is a classic. I just like the fact that it was a fucking great introduction because it was most of it was was just uh, Billy Piper on her own, wasn't it? Yeah, she was like going through that bomb. That was a really creepy episode as well because London actually looked like London. Mm. Again, I'm remembering this now. So, like, she was going down the back parts near, like, some fucking, like, area that was, like, a market area. Yeah, yeah. She went down to that bomb thing, and they had just the mannequins, and then the the yellow, those horrible fluorescent lights they have in those basement places. And just that shitty plastic cursing. And he's just like, what are you doing down here? And she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a handsome guy. Come with me. <laughs> well, that's why in that episode, um, she's like, what, you're an alien then? She says, yeah, well, why have you got a northern accent? He's like, lots of places have a north it's still one of my favourite... I love that line. It's just like, no, you get a northern accent because you live up the north. I, I like the episode where he, where he meets the woman who's just a piece of skin stretched over the face. Oh, and yeah, I like, can't remember her name. Um, the action Billy, figure for her is amazing. Yeah, Billy Piper's like, Billy Piper's like, how does something like that happen? It's like, well, if you want to live for hundreds of thousands of years, darling, and you want to look as good as I do, you have to go through several procedures. He goes, yeah, basically, she's chopped to shit, mate. <laughs> Most of us in the... <laughs> she keeps turning up in the first series. So you yeah. actually see her before she becomes that. Yeah, you do, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, Jack Harkless turns up in one episode. I heard about that. And he yeah. looks as old as he looks now, so... No, he, he, he's freaking... He's ageless, John Barrowman. John Barrowman is not... He's got grey hair now. He's fantastic, dude. I remember back in the day when he was presenting children's friggin' live and kicking on Did he BBC. Did Scottish accent back then? Back in the day, no. He never had a Scottish he accent. He doesn't have a Scottish accent. He's American. Well, no, he's not. He's Scottish. He's American. He's not Scottish. He's American. John Barrowman's Scottish. John Barrowman's American. He used to be, before he even came over to British television presenting kids TV, he was on like Days of Our Lives or some shit in America. He was born in Mount Vermont, uh, Vernon, Glasgow. Yeah, but he's an, Amer- he's an American. He's a British American actor. Yeah, he's like freaking born in Glasgow. Mike Myers. His he, family is Scottish. He's eight years old when he moves to America. He yeah. is Scottish. He's American. He's Scottish. But yeah, he has a Scottish accent. Yeah. It's really fucking funny, like... He, he like he's mostly American, but he slips Scottish accent into like. So when he's doing like an American TV program, it doesn't happen. If he's doing anything English, mm. and it's not like Torchwood where he's meant to be American as well, slips in the Scottish accent so often. He did Pride one year, and I can remember that he was like doing this thing on stage. He goes, "Oh, a lovely day out there. Is everybody having a good time?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure his parents are both American. They just lived in the UK when he was born. Well, yeah, it was like a Gillian Anderson situation. Technically, she's British, but she was born. Yeah, her family are American. Maybe. She's, she's like Mike Myers. Mike Myers yeah. born Scotland. Yeah, used to be on the Wack a Day. Was it Mel kid. Gibson as well that's born in England? Uh, possibly. I hope not. Donald no, Trump. no. Mel Gibson's born in America, but they moved to Australia when he was John young. Donald Trump's Scottish. German. 
Well, his parents German and Scottish, but he was born in Scotland, lives oh, in America. God, disgusting. We got Boris Johnson's prime minister, born in America, lives in the UK. Most fucked. What is fucked? No, new Doctor Who. My right. on fire. Really like the theme tune. I like the characters. I never get bored. Bradley Walsh has been all right. Yeah, see, uh, this is the thing. I think Bradley Walsh, when he was a comedian back in like the nineties and early two thousands, when a we game show host now live at the live at the ITV, they used to have all sorts of stuff, man. Like Freddie Starr yeah. and, and people like that used to do it. Brian Connolly, Brian Connolly as well. <laughs> I actually didn't mind Brian Connolly in the day. Helen uh, Pace, Helen Pace, yeah. Helen Pace used to be all right. Yeah, that but Bradley pretty... Walsh is like he's he's got the granddad role down in this it's kind of nice to see him playing an older character who's more yeah. like his actual age but um, yeah, he's, he's a always a bit sort of like yeah he's always like um, looking out for the other characters and taking care of the simple stuff like yeah, if he can like make have, a cup of tea he'll go and make a cup of tea he doesn't have like, ro- like romantic yeah. subplots or any of that shit he had a little bit of a hint with a girl in the lo- in the finale there's oh, a woman really? in the finale who's like you're a bit weird and he's it's like oh thanks so like, what's with he says he does a bit of Cockney rhyming slang and she doesn't understand it because she's from the future. Yeah, and she's like, "You're a bit strange." She's like, "Oh, she's like, I like strange." <laughs> like, hmm. I fancy a bit strange. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, he does the chase now. I like the chase. Yeah. Completely. Inoffensive. I won that the other day. Really? I was watching it and all the questions they asked, I nailed every single one. I would have won that. I could have won like twenty five thousand pounds or whatever they. You should go on it. Offered. Freaking, as long as I don't get that woman. The woman's scary. She's really good. If I get the chubby guy, fine. Chubby guy, Paul Sinner. I'd like to hang yeah, out with. But the woman that's on it, the one who Cinnamon looks like a matron, right. mate, like looks like a matron. Yeah, um, she's terrifying. Paul Sinner is really good in Taskmaster. Really charming guy yeah. in Taskmaster. And it seems like when he's put in situations where he needs to do something that requires critical thinking, he goes to shit. Mm. And it's quite funny. But I think that he had his because he had that horrible Parkinson's diagnosis around the time mm. that series was done. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got Parkinson's now. And someone was giving him shit the other day, and he was like, look, I'm the first gay Asian chaser, and I have Parkinson's, and I'm still on the show, so fuck you. <laughs> what a what a ledge. Um, but yeah, Bradley Walsh, seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah. I think, imagine, it's going to be weird, because they're going to do a third series with Jodie Whittaker, which, like, getting three seasons with a Doctor now is, like, I reckon it's seems gonna... to be when they give up, and well, they always... David Tennant got them. four... Yeah, he's had the most out of all of them. Yeah. It's really weird, because they always seem to do two or three seasons, and then they kill him off and change him. Well, I think that that's partly because they get bigger, but Jodie Whittaker has already had quite a lot of success yeah. before this. I want a Doctor who sticks around for, like, seven years. Oh, like, it might be Jodie Whittaker. You don't yeah. know. I mean, technically, she's been around for three, because they, um... The first there was season a whole, well, there wasn't a series last year. Uh. Was there? Um, but no, it's... They're going to keep her around. It looks like they're going to keep Bradley Walsh and all that around as well. Like I like, I like the fact that there's an older companion and there's like some more diversity in this. And I like the fact it's a female doctor. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know why anyone. It's long overdue. There should have been Joanna Lumley years ago. Like that yeah. was like an Joanna obvious Lumley one. Would have been a I still think freaking um, what's his face from Green Wing should have been the doctor. You know the ginger one. Whatever his name is. Oh yeah, 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 Julian yeah, Rintut. I yeah. think yeah. he would have been an amazing. He would have doctor. been amazing. Yeah. But he looked way too much like Paul McGann. Like yeah, okay. they should have got Paul McGann's brother, the other one, whatever his name is. Because there's two of them, isn't there? There's, uh, there's Paul McGann and there's the other McGann, who was the one who was on that. What was that sitcom? The one with Arnold Blackman in the nineties. No idea. I can't remember. Fucking hell! My mum used to watch it all the time. It ran for years. Yeah, it wasn't two point four children. One was on ITV, but it had Arnold Blackman in it. Yeah. Classic. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's pretty cool. I again, I don't think that she will get seven seasons because I reckon that there will be some like. Oh, they'll replace her off the next series. They do it all the time. It's, they're going to do three seasons again. They'll yeah, but replace is that her. because the actor is that because the the series is that the right? I think they just feel like they have to keep replacing the Doctor. I don't like that they do that though because they know a regeneration episode gets them a big audience and stuff. 
They've they said the next thing's called um, Revolution of the Daleks. I think they called it. Ugh. So there's going to be a Dalek episode. So bring back Daleks. But it sounds like it's going to be a one-off rather than because it says the Doctor will return to Revolution of the Daleks, which sounds like that's going to be like an Easter special or Christmas special or something. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Oh well, fuck it. I think they should do one where they should start introducing travel into different dimensions. Fuck it. It's Didn't the TARDIS is time relative dimensions in space, and they have mentioned other dimensions, and they even and sent a they, copy of David Tennant to another dimension. Also, they've <laughs> travelled to, they've travelled to books, yeah. like literary. Maybe in the old ones, are weird stuff. Maybe a lot of weird shit happens in those old ones. I would like them to revisit because you remember when they brought back David Tennant for the Christmas one? Mm, yeah, they're David Tennant, Matt Smith, oh, the fir- the, um, John Hurt, the War Paul Doctor. McGann. Yeah, the yeah. War Doctor one. I don't know why they've never brought back Christopher Eccleston. He doesn't want to. Do you, does he not? No, they. I think they paid him to show his face, like to use an image of his face in one that in that. Oh, the War Doctor thing. Had all of them, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they. Um, he doesn't want to come back to it. I don't think. But he's what's he doing now? He's mostly just pissed off. Yeah. Do you remember what, he quitted to do Heroes, didn't he? Yeah, that was a smart did move. Heroes season two, four two. Oh, he did four two. Yeah, as he was well. the villain in four two. He wasn't bad. Malekith is like doing really well in the comics as well. They've got the War of the Realms event, which was basically shit about Malekith. Well, Malekith got the Necro Sword, <laughs> but to get the Necro Sword involved in that, they'd have to basically have him rob Thingy's body, and he's dead now, so he can't. Because just... Thingy had the Necro Sword. That's what Hella used. Sounds like nonsense. Well, it's old Marvel comics, isn't it? It's like one of the oldest <laughs> weapons in the thing. But yeah, the Necro Sword is next wielded by um, the God Slayer, who is like he's basically. He's a dude who knows gods exist, prays to the gods to help him when his family's being attacked by a bunch of aliens. The aliens kill his family, and just as he's about to be killed, the gods come down and, like, kill the aliens, because it turns out that they were chasing them over the Seven Realms, so the Asgardians turn up. Um, and he basically says, what's the point of you turning up now? You should have let them kill me and then turned up. And they're like, we've come to save you. And he's like, but you can't see my family. Everything I care about is dead. My world's destroyed. And you're turning up as if I'm meant to praise you. And it's like, that's awkward. And they turn around and they're like, we don't expect you to praise us, but we're doing what we think is right. And then he finds out that they kind of led to that happening. Hmm. So he starts basically just training and using any off-world magic and any science he can get to make his body stronger and stronger. And then eventually gets the necro sword and he challenges four and kills four. Like, kills loads of Asgardians. Because it turns out that like his society never got space travel. If they had, they're the kind of society where their bodies are so malleable and so so um just evolved to live through everything that they can just keep injecting themselves and keeps pushing his body more and more and then eventually he's just like massive this fucking monster that's like the size of four in the comics and i think at that point it's king four so he's like the biggest it sounds like so much they've gone off the rails i fucking love it like this is it makes sense like if you start off showing the ramifications of all this fucking realm shit and that's kind of what it is like it's not like in the films where Tony Stark made everyone's villains, in that, like, everybody sort of has a little hint at them making the villains. Like, Thor's original arcs are a lot of him clearing up his dad's mistakes. Mm. And then Spider-Man, a lot of his arcs are him, like, just basically trying to stop criminals, and the criminals get more and more desperate to succeed. So they start dealing with, like, the Smythes and all the mutant shit and, like, injecting themselves with stuff. Like, in the comics, um, I don't know if you know about Dr. Octopus, but eventually he got cancer from all the shit that... Why can't they just fucking... Have them stop a bank robbery every now and again. That's all I want. That's what they do. But I want villains are going to do a bank heist. Um, friggin' Captain America, go stop them. Red Skull's robbing a bank, and then Captain America fights Red Skull in the bank. But the bank's like a a museum. Mm. It's a museum for 
World War Two ship. Mostly, I'm just pissed off at what they did to uh, Gwen Stacy because they fucked up the Gwen Stacy arc. So Gwen Stacy still dies in the comics, but they had it so that when her and Peter were together, even though they had like the perfect relationship, she decided one weekend to go and sleep with Norman Osborn because the goblins. Oh, that was years ago. That's yeah. terrible. It's no, still everyone... in there. Still in there. God's sake. Uh, but it's like the continuities now. Superior Spider-Man is still going on, which is the Norman Osborn one. You've got like loads of weird arcs like that. Um, none of it's up. great. Probably the best thing to read is just if you read the nineties comics, just Jason Aaron them. run of, of Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange has to stop paying for his magic. So basically, there's a cost to magic. So it's like energy transference. <laughs> there's like an energy transference thing, and it turns out that Doctor Strange is basically just every time he's doing magic to save people, it's like ripping his body apart. So instead of eating food anymore, his body's like, basically he's made it like a combustion engine. Instead of him eating like pizza and shit like that, he eats like living like um, giant germs and shit from other planets. He just consumes their lives and his body uses it and it heals him and then like sort of pays for the magic he does. And it fucks his body up completely, but it means that he can keep saving people. Why? Doctor Strange should just have some weird shit happen. Some well, magician like, stolen a stone and he goes and does some wibbly wobbly stuff. That's what he does. He still does that, but it's just that they've added that shit in because, like, all the demons that he was calling... they're trying him. to make it weird. Well, no, that's they what? just... They had to make it... Because Doctor Strange's comics before were always just like, I use the bands of Citarac and then Baron Mundo comes out and he goes, Ah, you use the bands of Citarac. I use the leaping wand of... Yeah, that's and, cool. Do that. And, like, that was cool that's for a long time. But so the problem was that Doctor Strange got to the point... It's like Superman. You know OG Superman could do anything? Yeah, it's good. And like, that's where Doctor Strange got to. And then, so they depowered Doctor Strange when Jason Aaron's run came about and said, look, Why? you've got to pay for this stuff and we've been giving you credit for so long. That's why the world keeps getting more and more attacked by ah, these that's miserable. magical beings because you're draining the essence. I want silliness again. Well, it's silly cares still. About it? Don't give consequences. There's snakes that talk to people. Yeah, okay, there's, I love snakes. There's these talking snakes. They say I cuss you bad. No, there's these oh. talking snakes that live in his house and there's this person who turns up because she's got like a parasite that basically appears like oh, a Oh, parasites aren't fun. But she turns up and she's like, I've got this thing, I've been hiding under a hat, but it's getting big. And then she lifts it up and there's all these like goblins and stuff growing out of her head. Like goblins, yeah. And, uh, and as she's walking through the house... I like that nurse from South Park. A bit. And then she's walking through the house and as she's walking towards Doctor Strange's studies, like, follow me, there's these snakes that are just curled around a lamppost, like, coming down from the ceiling. And they go, hey girl, what's up? You want to get bitten? <laughs> she's like, she's like, no thank you, nope, nope, fine. <laughs> they basically, Doctor Strange becomes depowered again because he gives up his powers to save his friend. Like, it's like the ultimate sacrifice, and Loki becomes a sorcery supreme, which happens in the oh, comic. Oh, fuck's sake. Um, but, but she's, you, you, you come back to it in the first issue, you come back, and the snakes are there, and they're like, hello, madame, would you like some tea? It's like, we do not want to bite thee. And that's like, that, that would like to be bitten. And then she's like, no. And it's like, sorry, behavior, behavior. It's like, awesome. I like it. I they get, like they're always strings. trying to go, oh, there's a penance, and someone's got to pay a toll for well, what the they're doing. That they Don't do to- that. I just want to see villains get punched. But they had to ha- make it make sense within the world because, like, for so long, just you can't have unlimited power. You should have the level. No, you can. Just do it. No, because Doctor Strange Fuck got it. to a point where he could literally do anything, yeah, and that fine. was the problem. Fine, do it. You have to come up with a way of making it so that they have to pay for stuff, and then if Your you add level that of complexity, should be Batman the sixties series. If you add that, if you add that restriction to the comic, it makes it more interesting because he's still <sighs> dealing with these massively powerful villains, but he has to be smarter and more resourceful. No, I just want to. Be, I just want to use magic on a guy in spandex. No, That's all he I teams want. up with the Punisher. It's fucking great because the Punisher's like, I don't. What are you looking at? He's like, can't you see the demons? He's like, I don't, I don't see magic shit. Like, if you got a gangster, I'll shoot a gangster. It's like, oh, so what you're saying is that you only see stuff that relates to your mindset. 
I've got an idea. And he's like, okay. And he goes and he pulls this, like, he's got, like, this magic biplane that's invisible to people that can't see magic, but it's got a machine gun on it. And he pulls it off and he goes, hold out your hands. And then, then um, the Punisher's like, what? And he goes, hold out your hands. He drops the gun in his hand. And suddenly you can see demons and he goes, oh, I've got this. <laughs> I understand this. <laughs> and, and Doctor Strange is like, don't worry. You, If you hit people with these bullets, it won't kill them. And he goes, he goes oh, right. Oh, good for... Good? Yeah. I... I didn't really care. <laughs> he was already firing the gun at these demons and people. Right, and these work. demons definitely did crimes. Yeah, loads of crimes. So it turns out crimes. they didn't. Turns out they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but the Punisher doesn't give a fuck. Hey, Punisher, that's cool. He was one of the... A lot of he, crimes going on in there. During War of the Realms, he was one of the best characters because they were like, they were like, hey, I know you don't deal with magic shit. And he goes, no, no, I got this. Goblins, swords, I got this. And it's like, okay, do you have this? And he goes, well, I'm running low on ammo, but I've got the other part. And they're like, okay, and then the next issue of Punisher Kill Crew opens up with him with like a war axe. <laughs> and he's got like, he's got a goblin's hat like on, but it's like got a bit of a scalp hanging off of it still. He's obviously beheaded, so he just chucked it off. Just getting into it. He's just going in. He's got a pistol in one hand and an axe in that. That was one of the best comics to come from World of the Realms because he was essentially the cleanup crew. But instead of him being like, oh, do you need me to do hero stuff? They're like, no, 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 you just take care of the leftovers. And he's like, okay, cool, got it. And he employs some of the gangsters that are like sort of trapped in the fray. He's like, if you help me, then I'll make sure that on the other side I don't shoot you. You'll still go to prison, but I won't shoot you. And they get to the other side, and the people turn and they're like, "They're like, oh, okay, all right, now we're going to shoot you, and we're just going to leave you for dead." And he's like, "You probably want to turn around." And they're like, "Ha! You think we're going to fall for that?" Something's going to go no axe to death. There's one guy that was like on the Punisher's side, like, "I won't kill you. I know you've done us a solid, so I'll just go to prison as long as I'm still alive. I'm kind of happy." And the Punisher's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And he shoots him in the face, like. <laughs> I don't trust it. It's like you're getting dead. Yeah. Yeah. Comics are great. Nah, ban all comics. Nope. I love them. I genuinely love them. I'm reading Doctor Strange now. It's in its third arc. So after the Jason Aaron run and then it had another run and now I think it's Donny Cates and it's um, Doctor Strange's off world. He, um, he finally like basically exhausted every bit of magic that was left on the earth and there's like a, there's like a thing where these people are trying to keep the world going and they've got magicians that have like a supply still, so it's like um, Scarlet Witch, um, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Voodoo, and a couple of other people, and Wong as well. Um, they're basically defending the world, and as long as Stephen Strange stays off planet, nothing goes wrong. Stephen Strange goes on a space adventure, and he comes back, and he's like, guys, I've got magic again. They're like, oh, you fucked the planet! <laughs> you fucked the planet again, you dick! <laughs> and then Dormammu's like, I don't even need to kill you, Mr. Strange. I just provide you with the bill, and you've killed yourself. And he's like, fuck you, Dormammu! And starts punching him in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you, Domamu, you prick. Domamu have come to bargain. Fuck off. Anyway, that's the end of Crit Apocalypse episode 129. I've got to edit this. Just cut off the last half hour. Two that's hours. Th- cut off the last 28 minutes. Just cut off the last two hours, 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, this has been Crit Apocalypse. You can find me at Twitter at Crit Apocalypse. You can find Ant at LV54Space yeah. on Twitter. You can also find him on YouTube. ChooTube. ChooTube. Uh. LV, uh, sorry, Mellow Mellow Gaming, the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube. And anything important coming up? No. Uh, I mean, Last of Us, Doom Eternal, Animal Just, Crossing. I need to click stop. All right, Anne's going to click stop now. As always, Boris Johnson's having another baby, probably the Antichrist. Bye. Will he acknowledge it? <laughs> Will he name it? His Wikipedia says he's got five or six children. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Five or six children with how many wives? Yeah, no wives. Technically, this was his mistress from his last marriage, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Anyway, bye. God, people would send Say the goodbye. Christian. Bye, everyone. Bye.